Hey, hello, and welcome back to Yours, Mine, and the Truth. My name is Travis Vlashen, and this is a podcast about the texts of my youth and a reevaluation of their merit with friends, old and new. Um, and today is a bit of a spin on that. I'm really excited to have you guys along for the ride. It's going to be looking at one of my favorite mediums that I've had for a long time since I was a kid, and that's professional wrestling, a medium that, as many of you may know, I am a part of now. I get to be a part of for the first time in my life, and that is a, a dreamlike state. <laughs> that's the best way to put it. It is a dreamlike state being able to do what I do uh, or that what I've been able to do for uh, you know I've been fortunate to do for nine shows already at Boom Pro Wrestling. Go to BoomProWrestling.com. The tickets for season two will be on sale very very soon. Um, but that's we're not here to talk about Boom. Ah, we're here to talk about uh, uh, yeah a different type of wrestling. Um, before we get to that, uh, I do want to say uh, this has been a you know wild summer where. Um, you know, uh, there's been some highs and some lows in my personal life, and uh, you know, I'd like to be working a bit more. And uh, I, part of the reason why I record these podcasts is, uh, you know, for my own kind of mental health to kind of, you know, just speak out about things. But also, uh, like, I like going back and listening and just seeing where I was at that stage in my life. And if I could include a day where, uh, you know, this is a time in uh, in the summer that I know is going to finish great. <laughs> you know, like uh, this, this, this season three. I like, I like having this little kind of package of season three that I know is going to finish awesome with a trip to to see my 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 favorite high school band, Extreme. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I also know that uh, you know these days are filled with ups and downs. So it's good to have uh, you know these moments in time where I know I can kind of check in and. Uh, you know, uh, self-assess and reevaluate where I am at the time. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this again with you guys. And uh, I hope you enjoy whatever it is for me, as well as whatever kind of joy and, and or whatever you get from listening to this that you might get for yourself. Now, uh, with that out of the way, we're going to talk about uh, today's show. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm really excited. Um, two of my best friends uh that's uh, yeah there's no other way to say that uh my friend kelly nelson that i've known since seventh grade met him in colonel Irvin junior high he's been on the show before yeah uh, you guys will know that i've worked with him many times in uh, podcasting f- uh since then uh including uh, a look at a uh, stampede wrestling you can go back and look at that it was like it's under their titans of wrestling label we got it i want to talk about it maybe i will talk about it in the outro um <laughs> but uh, it was a, it was awesome it was great uh go back and check those out if you can find it um but uh yeah uh we've been uh, working together uh as well with our buddy my our other guest we're going to have on today and that's johnny hedgepath and uh johnny and kelly and i uh kelly's our johnny's also a member of the titans of wrestling the original podcast that that kelly was in so they have a lot of just wonderful i was a fan of johnny's before i became a friend of his I went on to do podcasts for DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Made it through five seasons, but I I, I just had to tap out. But it was a, an awesome experience, and that's where I really got to know Johnny. But also through um, another thing that the show that I do with the aforementioned Kelly Nelson and Johnny, 
Mystery Titans Theater, which we started over uh, COVID when we were just uh, staying home and wanted to record. Uh, well, look, I shouldn't say I started it because it existed with Titans before, but I, I had the idea to rejuvenate it over COVID, just a new version. We call it Volume 2 because it is something separate from uh, the one that was started that came out of the Titans of Wrestling podcast uh, way back when. I wish I should have those dates in front of me, but like, we're talking about eight years ago or so, which was... Um, which Kelly and Johnny were a part of, and now I've kind of weaseled my way in, and we do this live wrestling watch-along every other Saturday on twitch.tv slash Jarvis Washing Machine, but we also have a Patreon that you got to look up. Look up uh, Mystery Titans Theater Patreon because part of today's podcast, and there's here's the twist, is that it's going to be, the, the video for it will only be available on our Patreon, because uh, what we do on Mystery Titan Theater is we watch old school wrestling, and we and uh, I have fun talking with my friends who are really really funny. Like first and foremost, they're the two of the funniest guys I know. They they both make me laugh a lot, but they're also super knowledgeable and super opinionated in some cases about the wrestling we watch, and I love it. And it's and it's you know such a cozy spot just hanging out with these guys and doing this. But we've also kind of developed a bit of a a following, thus the the need for the, the Patreon. Um, so we do go live every other Saturday, twitch.tv slash Jarvis Washing Machine, with the, the exception of some upcoming dates, and we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but th this one is about, uh, you know, here's a, what is the real twist about today's episode, is this, uh, today's episode is we're looking at the National Wrestling Alliance Worldwide Wrestling Television Show uh, in 1985, which is very specific and was not a text of my youth, but it was a text that was really formative for Johnny's youth. And and we have been watching it on Mystery Titans Theater for since almost since the start of 2023. So I feel like we have watched almost like three months worth of episodes and have become really familiar. It's an hour-long TV episode that will we'll include that with some of the other clips or, or, or house shows or cards that we watch. Um, so we've become really familiar with the characters on it. And, and I've fallen in love with uh, a few of them, one in particular that you're going to hear about. And gosh, I've talked a lot about it. So I think I'd, we just need to get to it. All right. This is uh, myself, Travis Voloshin, and the two other main members of Mystery Titans Theater. And we are joined by another special guest later that you will see or you will hear from shortly. Um, uh, st stick around for that. Uh, this is NWA. Worldwide Wrestling, as discussed with the great Johnny Hedgepath and Kelly Nelson. Enjoy! Welcome to yours, mine, and the truth. My name is Travis Velashin, and we are joined by two of uh, my dearest friends over the last, like, since, especially since COVID hit. Like, uh, first of all, I mean, I'll, I'll say their names right now. You guys know them. It's Johnny Hedgebeth. It's Kelly ha uh, Kelly Nelson, two members of Mystery Titans Theater. Thank you for joining me, guys. Uh, 
usually we take this week off, but I'm happy to 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 do this with you. Uh, Johnny, how you doing, pal? I am doing good, man. I'm doing good. Looking forward to this. Looking forward to podcasting with you again. I know, I know. My old podcast partner, Gideon Guys, R.I.P. I, 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 you know, I. There's still a little uh, water under the bridge. We're gonna, we're gonna hash this out now, man. Is this gonna be the next three hours of us? No, no, like, no, no, it's no. fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'll just let this suffice it to say we could have if we could have had a field day with Stephen Amell. Just yeah. saying. Oh my God! Just saying. You're right. You're right. <laughs> good point. Excellent point. Kelly, how are you, man? I'm gonna see you soon. Yes, yes, in three weeks. I'm excited. Oh, I didn't know Gideon Guys was officially RIP. Well, my condolences to both of you. It's, it's fine. You made it through how many seasons? Four, five? Five. All five. five. Well, five of the yeah. seven. Five of the seven. Wow. You got to uh, finish it at some point, though. Maybe someday. When we're in our, our <laughs> uh, when you're in your 80s and I'm in my 70s, John. There you go. Little... Uh, anyways, uh, seriously, uh, you guys have heard me talk about Mystery Titan Theater on, on this podcast um and it's a show where johnny and kelly and i uh welcome different guests to come and join us to do a live watch along on twitch of old wrestling and it has been bar none you guys the 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 best like the most like it's the coziest fucking thing i have in my life right now to know that i have every two weeks i can come and hang out with you guys um uh, I don't know if it's the same for you. I, I don't even care oh, if yeah. it's the same for you. Uh, I, I just, I like, I love it. I, 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 I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks. You don't yeah. care. You don't care at all. You know. Uh, but um, recently, I mean, like early starting this, I shouldn't say recently. This is because it's been going for a while now, Johnny, right? And the start of 2023, we have been watching NWA Worldwide Wrestling from around the, the start of 1985. From um, the uh, from uh, spring 1985 on, yeah, yeah. and yeah, explain, March. yeah, and so, because we found that our our buddy is it classic wrestling stuff? Is that the guy's name it's on just YouTube? Classic wrestling something. It's like there's nothing that, that yeah. jumps out at me to remember, but he's great. He's yeah, a, a plethora of great stuff up there. And he put up recently this entire like the whole like kind of run of 85 this this tv show for nwa worldwide wrestling at this time um and and you got excited and we all started watching it and we all kind of fell in love and tell us why johnny like usually there's the thing like this when i started this uh uh podcast it was like a look at back at the texts of my youth right but yes. I, whenever i had guests on i was always like hey you got some text from your youth and so this is kind of the uh you kind of hitting the ball back even though i kind of like hey let's talk about this uh tell uh -huh. us johnny tell us johnny about uh nwa worldwide uh, well, well uh, I'll to tell the story again to the um, yours, mine, the truth listeners who don't watch Mystery Titans Theater, and I hope they do after this. Um, my wrestling fandom exploded in 1984 when uh, like Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, WWF, Cindy Lauper, all of that culminated into me going to the first WrestleMania. Uh, uh, on a closed circuit TV. Uh, and right around the time I just started thinking there must is there must be other wrestling, right? I'm gonna flip around the UHF channels and see what there is. And on one Saturday afternoon, I discovered Pro Wrestling USA, which was mainly the AWA. Mm -hmm. And on channel 17 out of Philadelphia, I discovered uh 
Crockett Promotions, you know, Worldwide Wrestling, their syndicated show as they were expanding. And I immediately fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And it immediately became my favorite wrestling. Uh, through that, I met our friend Joe Danzo. We started going to the Crockett shows in Philly. And as we were, uh, as you, you brought up, uh, uh, classic wrestling put this entire year up of my formative year at the age of 15 (laughs) of falling in love with this and being obsessed with it because we didn't have cable but we had a lot of wrestling on a lot of uhf and i had so many vhs tapes that of just the most terrible signal yeah i would i would be moving the rabbit ears and trying to put you know, aluminum foil back there to make better antennas and stuff to get mm-hmm. it in just good enough so I could tape some of this stuff. And to yeah. see it in this kind of condition is so much fun and it's so much fun to share it with you guys. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it has been a delight. And Kelly and I have talked about how jealous we are of the fact that you had access to so many of these shows that we're, we're, we are seeing for the first time over these uh uh you know over the past like it's been almost four years you guys have been doing uh mystery titan theater uh volume two because I, I i gotta give shout out to uh <laughs> the ogs uh and i my uh my other um uh podcast partner uh pete sherbacher who, who we all love um who i will be working with again soon within the next couple of weeks and and uh parv who you know has gone on to different uh ventures yeah. but i will uh, say pete never participated yeah. in Mr. I know that's one. right that's right well he comes out of Titans he comes out of Titans of wrestling oh no we're good and by the way I'm working on changing that yeah we all are yeah, yeah something I'm not gonna mention now but right. if we can make it happen it's all gonna right. be big yeah yeah um but yeah so uh yeah Kelly we got we've talked about this before we got Kelly we got um Stampede and we got Maple Leaf Wrestling every Saturday and occasionally we get AWA um mm-hmm. on TSN um yep. but uh i know that you have done uh, uh your research and i know you know about everything that's kind of going on at this time and that's uh, you know kelly's one of my best friends um top top of the list uh and and one of the biggest things that i'm just like um blown away with with from you to for my other friends is your encyclopedic knowledge of of like dates and events but not just wrestling right like i remember last time we went camping and we started talking about like Nora started asking questions about history and the titanic and stuff and all of a sudden you started filling her in on shit and i'm like oh dude we gotta get we gotta get her asking kelly about this stuff early um <laughs> but uh I know that you uh, know a lot about what's going on with NWA worldwide at this time and where everything was up until this point. So can you do us a favor, but before we start to dig into things here and tell us um, this time period and what's kind of happening and uh, where are we in like kind of wrestling history? Because it's a really cool little pocket of something here we're into. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, 1985 is one of the big years. It's kind of the last year maybe 86 can be part of it too before the territories totally collapse and in 85 there were still thriving territories outside of wwf of course crockett awa was still strongish they were on the decline though world class was still strongish similar to the awa florida was still going um yeah it was 
it was when I got into wrestling, basically 1986, um, right after WrestleMania two or right around WrestleMania two. I can distinctly remember watching the highlights of WrestleMania two on the sports news, the Calgary sports news with Eddie doing commentary over yeah, the guess. Our boy. Uh, but I can distinctly remember seeing that and being intrigued by Mr. T boxing. What? You know, cause I was a fan of the A team and all that. Mm -hmm. So I started getting into wrestling slowly. I started getting magazines right away. Because the first magazine I had was about Hogan getting injured by Bundy in the lead up to WrestleMania 2. So it was right. right around the same time. And that's how I got into these other territories that we didn't have TV for, uh, especially Crockett, Mid-Atlantic, JCP, the Carolinas. There's so many different names for it. Mm -hmm. But they were the solid number two by this time. They had Ric Flair, the NWA champion. They had the Road Warriors. Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, the Russians, like all the guys we've seen in the last few months, right? And the after mags gave a ton of coverage to them uh, at the time, like I think more than any other, although they still had to give coverage to the WWF because that would sell magazines, but they were on the outs with them because they got kicked out of Madison Square Garden, amongst other things, <laughs> couldn't take photos at their shows anymore. Right. Um, so yeah, so Crockett was obviously huge and the magazines made that obvious. And yeah, like you said, I've, I'm into history. That's just something that I've always been into, all kinds of history. Um, so I thought before we get into the main part of the show, I'd go over a little bit of Crockett's history because it struck me um, to do this because we've been watching these shows and it's 1985. And they, at the beginning of most of the shows, we have this logo where it's Jim Crockett Promotions, 50 years whatever, 1935 to 1985. So 1985 is the 50th anniversary of the promotion, right? So Crazy, I'll, crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's what we're going to get the MTT t-shirts made with that yes. logo. Yeah, right? with that logo. Yeah, we talked about great. it. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Gold. It's, it's wordy. It's wordy. It's a, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty, but it's wordy. Yeah, true. But it, it's 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 nice. It's it's something yeah. they put some effort into. Yeah, uh, because I think it was, yeah. yeah. And, and it was a family business. And they were proud of it. Um, right. So it started in the 30s. I don't know if 1935 is actually the official date for wrestling. I, I looked into this. Some sources have Jim Crockett Sr., who was known as Big Jim, um, starting in 1931. But he would have been only 22 years old at that time. So I, I don't know if that, I don't know. Those were, um, I don't know if those were the most trusted sources. Kelly. Tim Hornbaker, who's a, Kelly, yeah. I'm sorry. You have to be a true visionary to start a wrestling promotion in the middle of the depression. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty yeah. wild. what people need. Yeah, well, yeah. I Lift mean, spirits. Yeah. He'd already started. Like he, he started early. He was promoting. Um, he owned a movie theater, Jim Crockett Senior. He promoted concerts right away. So wrestling, you know, wasn't his first uh, promotion. Um, and he he did all explain it. He did a whole bunch of other things. He was a very, you know, um, influential promoter in the Carolinas, all very all kinds of different uh, sports and and movies and stuff. Um, Tim Hornbaker, the trusted historian, has 1934 as the date. So I don't know where 1935 came from. Maybe that's when Jim Crockett Promotions like was officially incorporated. Right. Um Anyway, I couldn't find the exact reason why 35 was chosen anyway. So like I said, he did concerts, movies, baseball. He owned a minor league baseball team in Charlotte. That was the minor league affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles eventually. 
actually. Uh-huh. Um, and Are they, they own a hockey team. Yeah. Single A, double A, triple A. I, I, I think triple A. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like the, the best, uh, the Orioles best minor league team, hmm. as far as I know, because Charlotte's, you know, it was a fairly, it's, yeah. it's a fairly yeah. big city. Now it was probably a good midsize city yeah. back then. Um, so long history of sports in the city. What was his hockey team? What was his hockey team? They were called the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Gotta find and, that jersey. And Checkers, not not the game, but of course the check, like in right, hockey. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw the symbol online. It's just like a generic one of a guy with a stick. Right, right. Um. Anyway, uh. So yeah, the Charlotte Checkers, fifties through seventies, he owned them. And here's a neat, neat little bit of trivia. The original Crockett Cup. Now, we know the Crockett Cup as wrestling fans uh-huh. as the name of a trophy given out to a tag team tournament yeah. in the 80s. But the original Crockett, Crockett Cup was awarded to a hockey uh, champion in the Southern Hockey League in the 70s. I <laughs> love it. And it was named a tribute after Jim Crockett Sr. died. It, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a, tri- a trophy until after he passed. Was it, and it, was, it a was the same cup? Southern... They took they took it away from the uh, yeah, could, team and could very gave it well to the road warriors. Give me, give me that. Just recycled it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, that's a good. Uh, that would really like be a good uh, tiebreaker at like some like wrestling trivia. Who won the yeah. first Crockett Cup? And everyone's trying to think of all these wrestlers, but yeah, it was really yeah. the. Uh, what are they based out of? Hockey teams based out of the South? Like how or or where was this hockey team? Yeah, where was his uh, hockey well, team Charlotte based out? Of? Was his team? Yeah. So like God, what league is that? What league was that? It was uh I had I think it was called the Eastern States hmm. League, if I'm not Crazy. mistaken. That's and wild. then the the one after he died was the Southern Southern League, I believe. Hmm. Um but yeah, no, I you I, I haven't done a lot of research on minor league hockey, but I think <laughs> Come on, you'd be yeah. surprised to see like how vast it was in the United States. Right. Um, you know, in the days before TV before there was other entertainment in smaller areas you know you if you had an arena you may as well use it for something and hockey was one of the things you could use it for mm-hmm. um so in the 30s and 40s uh the promotion was mostly known as eastern states wrestling mid-atlantic didn't come around until the 70s until after big jim died um 30s and 40s i was looking they did like on average 175 to 200 shows a year which wasn't bad um but they would do, you know, much more in the future. Um, I think it was it was successful, but it wasn't a major territory. For example, the the most uh, successful or or bo- biggest box office draw in the '40s was a wrestler named Wild Bill Longson, and I looked and could only find him wrestling in the Carolinas three times in his whole career. So that gives you a sense that it wasn't a territory in the '40s that was attracting like the biggest stars okay but they were still doing well yeah um the nwa was formed in 1948 and um crockett joined in 1952 so they weren't an original member but they joined pretty uh close after pretty early and then yeah yeah. and then if you look into the results you see then that's when the shows per year explode to about 400 a year or more and then they start getting Luthez to come in a few times a year or at least once a year. This is JCP is doing yeah. these 400 shows a year. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, they would do, they were, I think, a weekly, they had a weekly loop, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. 
so the same city's got wrestling once a week so and you're getting like two or two on the weekends or something is that what's happening probably yeah i'm not sure if that was um a practice in their territory it's a weird thing with like hogan traveling around japan all the time so he got some extra days (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i mean that was that's wild the only way you made money in wrestling was by selling tickets back then so you had to run a ton of shows Mm -hmm. so yeah they obviously crazy like uh, sorry like 400 is that Mm -hmm. out of the ordinary for territory uh Mm. like different uh different territories at that time i don't think so i think if you were a thriving territory that would have been Mm. you know pretty normal wow uh because you could add multiple crews yeah Boom Pro Wrestling did 10 shows in yeah, their first season. Ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, that was a it lot grows. of fucking work. I mean, yeah, I mean that's I, good. Like, like the Carolinas grew from yeah. maybe 50 shows in their first year, which, yes, is still a lot by Jim Crockett didn't standards. have to spend money on time machines. Though, so. yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Yeah. We did. We yeah. have made some poor spending decisions. You are correct, yeah. buddy. Low, low overhead. So by the end of the 50s, I'd categorize them as a pretty <laughs> strong territory. Um, maybe not elite yet, but they were getting there. Um, the sixties is the golden age of tag teams for their territory. And also for quite a few territories at the time, um, you have the Kentuckians and their big feud. It was uh, Grizzly Smith was one of the Kentuckians. Ah, uh, okay. Jake oh. the Snake's dad. Yeah. Father. Yeah. Real, yeah. Father of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Real asshole. So they were a hillbilly tag team yeah. by their name. Um, and they feuded with the assassins, um, Jody Hamilton and Tom Ernesto. I was going to say, and uh, uh, what is it? Ant- Antonio Banderas and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. But in the Carolinas, for some reason, the assassins were known as the Bolos. Uh, that was the only area they were known as a, by a different name. But um, as far as I know, they still had the same gimmick with the masks and everything. But their feud with the Kentuckians stretched through multiple territories it was it was a guaranteed box office smash um especially in the south and so that was a big uh feud the flying scott brothers were a big tag team in uh george and sandy scott in the carolinas Uh and and that would be george scott would start a long um a long relationship with the territory that way and then probably most famously the anderson brothers started in the carolinas originally Lars and Gene Anderson and then right. shortly after Ole Anderson and that was the most famous iteration was Ole and Gene as the Anderson brothers uh-huh. um big into the 70s so into the 70s uh like if you looked at a card uh, like an average card um from Crockett in the early 70s it was almost all tag teams like the whole card top to bottom tag teams but this was soon changed uh big jim crockett died in 1973 eventually his son took over jim crockett jr and george scott was made the booker and he completely changed everything he wanted to make this territory like an elite territory uh, based on like strong singles main events and he did that it took a while um his first big main event was johnny valentine against wahoo mcdaniel which valentine style took a while to catch on because he he wrote wrestled very serious style he wouldn't do many high spots um he would work a headlock for 15 minutes until the crowd was finally behind it he wouldn't give up on it he just wouldn't give up on getting the crowd to embrace his realistic style but when they did they sold out 
month after month after month. They'd have these crazy brawls, chop fests. Like it was the beginning of the yeah. whole chop fest. Hey, Kelly, thing. that was it too. It was it was what he was doing. Also, but what Wahoo was doing because Wahoo mm-hmm. was beating the living hell out of him for real yeah. in front of those yeah. people. So yes, you're right. It took a while for them to get used to it, but once they did, boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Johnny Valentine's famous quote is, "I can't convince the people that wrestling is real, but I can convince them that I'm real," mm-hmm. and that was sort of his philosophy with so- wrestling. And yeah, Valentine Wahoo, they'd already feuded, I believe, in Houston before that. So they'd been successful. And then, yeah, uh, Flair came in and got his first big push, Ric Flair, in 1974. And by the end of the 70s, he was feuding with Ricky Steamboats, which was a huge feud. Steamboat was like this young, hunky baby face. Um, the territory was on fire. The late 70s was a down period for a lot of territories, but uh, the Carolinas never had a down period. By the uh-huh. end of the 70s, they were definitely elite. They'd also moved into Toronto and took over that city after the Sheik uh, couldn't draw anymore. Right. And they drew huge in Maple Leaf Gardens year after year. Um, uh-huh. And Toronto was a huge, it's a major, major city. So having that as part of their territory put them over the top. And, but what really put them over the top as we get into the 80s was Flair winning the NWA title. And that was the first time a home grown Carolina wrestler was the NWA champion. Right. And, and they never looked back after that. Basically um, flair was the champ pretty much consistently through the whole eighties with a few, you know, small or quick switches. Right. Um, they started expanding. They, they signed dusty Rhodes basically to come in and be the booker who had been in Florida for years and years and because, hadn't really and Kelly. If you, if you don't mind me saying, but mm-hmm. George Scott left, went to WWE, and in yes. 84, at 80, at 83, and 84, things started, they peaked really big for a minute, and then they started mm-hmm. really diving. They bring Dusty in. There was this weird transitional 84 where stuff's not good, and then mm-hmm. 85 starts the spark. Huh. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dusty, yeah, came in. He, They had this uh, super card booked already before dusty came in but he gave them the gave them the name starcade that was a dusty name um they'd had big success earlier in the year with the final two, with two odds baby two odds yeah, that's the thing i know <laughs> yeah i know i know you've already had this car booked ahead of time daddy but starcade that's all <laughs> oh my that's God. all it two needs odds. that's pretty awesome yeah no he loved the double r there was also silver star which was a fr- it's totally forgotten now, but it was just I think the when just before we started watching the worldwide footage, they'd had that show in March where Slaughter came in and, and took on the Russian. That was called Silver Star, but that mm. didn't catch on like Starcade did. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Dusty hadn't really wrestled in the Carolinas before, so he was fresh there. Um, and yeah, so then they got uh, the Road Warriors from the AWA, and they were just cooking so they were firmly number two in the usa at this point in time uh that that we're now on the great american bash 1985 basically this yeah i don't know if this would be considered their biggest card ever to this point may i think maybe it is because it drew twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. so it, it 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 drew more than they could put in the greensboro coliseum well, how but, much yeah. is for david allen code no yeah that's true it's hard to say um david allen co david allen co fill me in what is that okay david <laughs> allen co is a sort of legendary outlaw country music singer who dusty Rhodes is very good friends with the jason aldean of his time 
No, 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 no. not that guy. He doesn't suck. He doesn't suck. No, Dave, no, David Allen Coe is great. Yeah. His son, Tyler Mahan Coe, is the creator no, of yeah, the yeah, wonderful yeah, right. Cocaine and Rhinestones uh, mm. Country Music History podcast. Yes. Like, Don't get those mixed up. He also, he also, Dusty also booked acts like that in Philadelphia. Where yeah. Nobody wanted to see it. Mm. Well, it was the whole idea with the Great American Bash. It was wrestling and music. It was kind of right. like, the WWF doing the rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling, yeah. right, right. Uh, I'm doing outlaw country and wrestling. Wrestle, right. Yeah, it was very much like just like the, the times, the zeitgeist right. of wrestling at the time. Yeah. So would this have been, it's 85. When did when is WrestleMania 1? Uh, March of 85. By 85. So, so think, that's yeah, already right happened, we started right? The idea the yeah. of this kind of monster super show is mm-hmm. like in the ether. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, Starcade so, first Starcade was November '83, so it okay. was well before okay, the, the first, first WrestleMania. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's what we're kind of working towards, and that's what we have been working towards with the shows that we've been watching is this mm-hmm. uh, uh, Great American Bash, uh, 1985. Um, awesome, Kelly. Thank you for that. That was yep. great. Uh, yeah. Thanks, so, Kelly. Hey, by the way, speaking of old podcasts, it's been a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since I've been just sitting here. Listening to you spout yeah. some history, oh, dude. That brings yeah. back some Titans flashback. Yeah, right? that's the yeah. fucking best. Yeah, I wanted to. I that's wanted all to I could. That. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'll say it again. But uh, uh, you were saying, like, I was thinking, like, hey, throw in a couple uh, jobber bios like he used to do on uh, <laughs> on um, Titans of Wrestling. But you say the jobbers are a little harder to track down, uh, or it's just like way too they much just work. They didn't for... inspire me. The <laughs> yeah. names just I didn't. get it. I get it. Speak to me at all. Scott Casey. <laughs> Scott Casey. I mean, that to me, that feels like a okay. Who's the who's the uh Frakes with Cake guy? We like is he a job? Oh, yeah, that's Buzz Tyler. He's Buzz not Tyler. A no, he's not I a thought about Pardon doing me. Avalanche, but nah. All right. Yeah. That would have been interesting because right after this great American bash is when Avalanche Buzz Tyler quits because he's mad at everybody and leaves with the title belt and goes oh, that's right. with double fingers and takes off. Uh, <laughs> But okay, so yeah, so that's the NWA Worldwide Wrestling 1985. That that's like everything building up to the the show that we've been watching. That has been, you know, it hasn't been flawless because it's weekly TV, and no weekly TV we've learned is flawless. No. Uh, but it had like a ton of just like crazy great moments where we are just losing our mind when we're watching this. But none other, no no single professional wrestler made made Johnny <laughs> lose his mind more. Yeah, and go. still to this bit, till still to this day. More than the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. Johnny, tell me all about this guy. All right. So I mentioned earlier when I discovered this first episode uh, of Worldwide, and I turned it on right as this wild hippie dude with long blonde hair and a giant blonde beard is being interviewed. And it's about that he's just gotten back from being gone from for a loser leave town match and he's he's dancing and and he's super charismatic and i was totally a tie-dye bandana on me even at 15 i already had the hippie gene in me apparently i'm like this is the definition of cool this guy's cool (laughs) and and he was so charismatic and Mm -hmm. then later on in the show and in the interview, they made it clear he's here to get revenge on this, some guy named Paul Jones. And later on, Paul Jones, who's a manager, is got his two guys in the ring, 
the bar, it was the barbarian and someone else. I can't recall. Maybe Abdullah. I'm not sure. And they're about to fight two enhancement talents. And all of a sudden, Uwa, Uwa, cool, cool kitty by Manhattan transfer <laughs> is blaring over the speakers. And out comes <laughs> Jimmy Valiant and Avalanche Buzz Tyler. And Jimmy Valiant pulls a wad of cash out of his tights, pays <laughs> off the jobbers to get in the ring and go at it. And at that point, he became my favorite wrestler in the world. I was like, this yeah. guy's the best. And, and let me just, before I give you his history, yes, I realize anyway, wrestling because Jimmy Valiant at this point, he's not a great in-ring wrestler mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. He, he's at the end of his career here, number one. Uh, if you look back at, and Kelly and I had the, uh, uh, the great opportunity to watch some old Valiant Brothers stuff in WWF. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was good. He was more spry at the time, but it was a very simple wrestler. It's elbow drops and punches and that's it. But he's all about the story and charisma. Yeah. Because this feud with Paul Jones lasts for nearly three years with one little break in it for a few months. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the story and from then on, I was hooked. He became my favorite. So yeah. Jimmy Valiant, like I mentioned, got to start in 1964. Jesus. Oh, wow. As Big Jim Valens. <laughs> and uh, Brother of it, Richie, R.I.P. That's what got him oh. into wrestling. He lost his. <laughs> Jimmy Valiant, yeah, he was up for the role of the brother, actually. S.A. Yeah. <laughs> Morales got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, you know, Jimmy Valiant couldn't draw Woody Woodpecker. Uh, so... <laughs> and he bounced around for Andy Panda. That's or such an obscure reference from that <laughs> particular film. That is so funny, man. Okay, keep going. <laughs> and, and I looked into it a little, and yes, he was uh, in WWA. That's uh, was that was Dick the Bruisers. Uh, yeah, Indianapolis. Right, Kelly. Yeah, Indiana. yeah. And here and there, but his big break was WWF and the Valiant Brothers, and they were huge. They were the heel tag team, and they main evented against Bruno mm-hmm. in, in tag team matches. Uh, you know, oh, Jerry and Johnny Valiant. I'm not Jerry. Jerry came later. Jimmy and Johnny. Yeah, Valiant. Jimmy Valiant, yeah. the man I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Valiant Brothers actually, I look, didn't just stay in WWF. They no they had little stints in Florida, Georgia, yep. back to WWA. But mainly San Francisco. San Francisco, mainly WWWF guys. And once that ended in 79, uh, Jimmy Valiant went to Memphis. And that's where he became a solo star as handsome Jimmy Valiant and became a big, big star there. Like at the level of law, he was at the level of Lawler and Dundee uh-huh. uh, there. And he would be feud with uh, Lawler as a heel. He'd be a baby face. He recorded his song. Uh, I, I, I'll link you guys to the song. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, eventually. But, uh, just awesome stuff. And he then went to Crockett in 1984, January, 1984. And the first thing that really happened is he's attacked by Paul Jones and the assassins where they tie him to the ring ropes and cut his beard. And then there's the match where he fights a masked Hercules Hernandez with Dusty in the corner. We watched it on the first Lords of the Ring. Right. On Mystery Titans Theater. Yeah. And that was at Boogie Jam 84. 
that was one of uh Dusty's yeah. other that was the other one yeah another Boogie attempt jam. that that also sank like i'm watching okay, okay. <laughs> really why yeah, boogie, i kind of well, like i don't boogie know i'm jam. like he never there was never a second one oh that's, yeah. that's all i know uh boogie jam that that's it's great on toast it's because my <laughs> yeah and my favorite videotape is boner jams 84 <laughs> <laughs> and from 1984 through late 1986, basically this feud goes on. It's another one of my favorite things. I was like, this never stops. It's Jimmy Valiant versus Paul Jones with a rotating cast of other characters. Mm -hmm. Paul Jones's army and Jimmy Valiant's friends who most of them eventually turn on him, which right, is right. also hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Valiant loses at Starcade 84, a loser leaves town tuxedo street fight to Paul Jones uh, <laughs> through chicanery. But all of a sudden, there's this masked man with a giant dyed uh, blonde beard and a, like a, and, and a shirt and pants called Charlie Brown from out of town who shows up. And, you know, of course, it's clearly Jimmy Valiant, but hey, Paul Jones has to pull the mask off it to prove it, yeah. you know, yeah. or else Charlie Brown from out of town is allowed to, to, yeah. to, to wrestle there, which, by the way, uh, uh, listeners, my favorite wrestling gimmick ever is guy babyface loses a loser leaves town match because of cheating, comes back under a mask. Everyone knows who it is, but <laughs> but uh, the, the heel has to prove it, yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah, everybody, and they never do. And the babyface never takes off his mask. Mm -hmm. If you do, you end up like Hulk Hogan when he did it on a house show. Yeah, yeah. Mr. America. Mr. America. And they used it against him. Well, uh, no, I think with even... that, I think they had already fired him, but they just used that as a reason to say that one yeah. on kayfabe, the kayfabe reason. Yeah. Why they fired yeah, him. Okay. A, a quick break, guys, because we're all together. What an egomaniac Hulk Hogan has to be. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes. Everyone knows Mr. America is Hulk Hogan. But he has, he felt the need yeah, when he yeah, thought the yeah. cameras were off to go, hey, brother, look, it is me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Big mistake. <laughs> and speaking of, um, you know, turning on Jimmy Valiant in 1985, and we're going to see this soon, Valiant and uh, Travis's new favorite wrestler, the Raging mm -hmm. Bull Manny Fernandez. Well, I'm about to they, speak up. They team up as the B&B &B connection, the Boogie and the Bull. Eventually, Pistol Pez Watley turns <laughs> on Jimmy Valiant because uh, Jimmy Valiant calls yes. Pistol Pez Watley. They're, they're being interviewed together. He goes, this yeah. man here is the greatest black athlete in the world. And Pez Watley just looks at him like, what the fuck did you just say? And beats him up and and conveniently already has a pair of scissors in his <laughs> trunk. And, good thing and, he had scissors on him. Good thing he was carrying those scissors. He might, you know... <laughs> You guys hey. don't carry scissors in your pockets at all times? <laughs> in your front pockets. <laughs> and cuts off Jimmy Valiant's ponytail. You'll notice a trend here yeah. of, of haircuts and hair shaving. That's three <laughs> years all about various shavings, which is another reason why it's, it's my favorite <laughs> of all time. <laughs> and, Oh, it, during the Great American Bash in 1986, the summer shows, that's when Paul Jones adopts his Hitler look uh, because he has an army. <laughs> that's right. Uh, right. Valiant beats uh, the new now Shaska Watley because you see <laughs> Pistol Pez Watley embraces his African heritage and yeah. takes his real name Shaska. 
And at mm-hmm. first it's this, this African-American empowerment thing. And then he starts dressing in a little white top hat and tuxedo coat, like Cab yeah. Calloway, which was incredibly <laughs> racist. It was, hide, 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 it's, it's, it's insane. Oh. Next to the Nazi and Baron Von Raschke. It is like an acid trip of r- wrestling gimmicks that Paul Jones's army uh, yeah. goes through. And it's wild. It's wild. And, and, and Paul Jones is awesome. And as we've watched, like, obviously they yeah. wouldn't have paired these two together if they weren't incredible, but it's funny to think about how, like he reminds, I, I thought about this today, Kelly, he reminds me of J.R. Foley, at least in like the same, like kind of going for the same sort of vibe, right? Like, I don't think he's mm. as good. I don't think J.R. Foley's as good as Paul Jones, but like that kind of, that's almost a, that's got to be a trope, right? Like uh, throughout uh, the territories of like just this one manager who's able to put together just this this long-term vendetta against a, a particular mm-hmm. talent and recognizing that it works. Um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. they both did the Hitler gimmick eventually. So there's that's that right. There's that. Um, yeah, there's that. Hilarious. But there's there was a lot of managers who had like the armies. Like I think yeah. Gary Hart may have been the original who also did mm-hmm. a Hitler gimmick, but that was in the mid seventies. Um, Jimmy Hart had his his army basically. The family, Jimmy Hart had the, the first family, family yeah. which was in Memphis. Yeah. There, there was like eighty nine yeah. different people probably in the first family. Yeah, over mm-hmm. the years, and then right? the Heenan family went back to like the right. early seventies, I think, and in st louis right but there's like a certain level of uh sophistication for for a lack of a better word that paul jones and uh jr foley i recognize as having like uh you know they're trying to uh, present to the audience Um, travis though if i may here's another thing within the smart fan world of wrestling everyone hates jimmy valiant and because of you know the in-ring shit and everything (laughs) and but but people do admit he's charismatic. Yeah. Every, nobody likes Paul Jones. Really? I like Paul Jones. Paul Jones was a star wrestler there for years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a babyface in, yeah. in the 70s in the Carolinas. Number one, but, Paul Jones. As we go on, I, I, Paul Jones is not great. Yeah, he's not a great talker at all. It's yeah. hilarious. No. But there must there's and money seen there, though, like right? Some... Yeah. Well, no, there's money. Well, it wasn't a main event feud. Yeah, it was a mid So it didn't have to draw money. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Like Dylan was the main manager eventually. Right. Of course. The only time it main evented was at Boogie Jam, which also had, uh, (laughs) which also had Flair and Steamboat, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) It was like, yes, it did. A 60 minute Broadway. Mm -hmm. So then, but Shaska Watley loses a, a haircut match. To Jimmy Valiant at one of the Great American Bash '86 summer shows, uh, and two days later, Paul Jones beats Jimmy Valiant in a hair match and shaves his head. Now it's his head. Hmm. Shaves him fucking bald hmm. in the middle of the ring. Jimmy Valiant gonna be, sits there. Okay. It's going to be his his pubes eventually. That's eventually. What moving towards. Oh no! Oh, well, I'll tell you where. It's one of the first. To. Um... One of the first wrestling magazines I ever had was it recapped. It was a PWI that recapped the uh 86 bash tour and it was really cool because they had all the cards and lined out day by mm-hmm. day but one of the pictures i remember is it's a picture of <laughs> boogie getting his head shaved 
and he's like grimacing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he's like. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's just sitting there because people are wanting to help him because he got cheated. He's no, sitting but there, he's no. got to take it like, like a man. Oh, take it like a man. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. But oh, I've never yeah. seen that before. We haven't talked like, about the facials. Crazy. Yeah, the facials he makes are, are he, a big he, thing of uh, it's why he's so uh, he part of everything. Physical, yeah, part of the package. He's such yeah. a physical performer in jobber matches on TBS. He never stops dancing. He yeah. dances while he beats the <laughs> shit out of a jobber, and he cheats. He yeah. breaks their eyes. He, right. he cheats behind the referee's back and goes, "Yeah, baby!" And everyone loves him. It's it's again, yeah, my favorite it's, wrestler. Of yeah, all yeah. and it's been and so, so cool watching. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I wanted to wrap this one up because we're almost there. Because you mentioned about where does this culminate with all this hair uh, business, Travis? And <laughs> if only it was pubes. Yeah, but. Yeah, manscaping eighty seven. Yeah. <laughs> manscaping, manscaping with two F's. Jimmy Valiant is a, Jimmy Valiant is alive, and we need to get him to do a podcast with us, and we can get that manscaped money. Yes. Jimmy Valiant doing yes. manscape ads. Yes. Oh my god, a manscape match. Loser gets manscaped. The boogie woogie man knows a little bit about <laughs> shaving, daddy. <laughs> So then, almost beforehand, by the juggalos. Yeah. So then, in the fall of '86, the Rage of Bull Manny Fernandez, Jimmy Valiant's best friend, accepts Paul Jones's money in a briefcase and knocks Jimmy Valiant in the head with it. You're giving away stuff after like what we're gonna see here. We're not going to see this. This is 1986. (laughs) I know we're in 85 here. I don't want to know. I want (laughs) to learn uh, Manny's arc, but it's all right. Go ahead. You're good. Well, we don't have the footage to show you the arc. So that's why I'm explaying. Okay, I appreciate it. Okay. Um, I'm about to talk about. And at this point, the the army, Paul Jones's army had kind of dwindled down to not really anything except for Raging Bull and Rick Rude, who then became uh, the real R&R Express and my favorite tag team of all time. Hmm. Uh, The war between Valiant and Paul Jones climaxed at Starcade 86 in Greensboro, North Carolina with Joe Danzo and myself in the third row Hmm. as Manny Fernandez was up in a shark cage not above the ring but to the side of the <laughs> ring right by us that's and so cool no dq paul jones and jimmy valiant and if jimmy valiant lost big mama's head was going to be shaved in the middle of the ring that was we'll meet big mama a little oh, later yeah, yeah. on the show my friend totally but right. it's jimmy valiant's wife yeah, his wife's head could have been shaved in the middle of the ring, but Jimmy Valiant wins and ends the war there, and mm. I got to be in the third row for uh, it. That's One awesome, man. Favorite memories. That's so cool. And then after that, he sticks around Crockett for a year or two, but he's yeah, pushed way down. He's got a tag team with Bugsy McGraw, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed was world cast. World cast shout out. I noticed it was voted worst tag team of 1988 in the Observer. Which, ah, nice. Yeah. Of course. It was. <laughs> hey, look, I do. I, I bet it was. I bet it was. He also teams with Lasertron. Oh, man. It was Hector oh, Guerrero. You got to find some of that. Yeah, it was Hector Guerrero uh, dressed up like yeah. a space alien. I don't know what Dustin yeah. was thinking. Well, and, well yeah, it, it is weird. 
<laughs> is this still in the same territory at this yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in Crockett. Uh, Crockett, man. Yeah, Crockett Dusty liked to dip into the sci-fi occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Star <laughs> Wolf. Remember the Star well, that, Wolf later, was, and, uh, like those guys. It was also connected with this is when laser tag first became a thing. Yeah, yes, so, of course. Yeah. It was it, it, that's that's what Danzo and I thought. It was like, is he a laser tag guy who wears an alien mask? <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so lame. Because even so like ten year old kids knew. I was like, this is what toys that we play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. So he's amazing. Done in, he's done in Crockett in '88, right before things really go south, and they sell to Turner. He goes back to Memphis and has a run in Memphis for a while and bounces around and this indie and that indie. And here's what's amazing. Oh, he also apparently had a, a mask gimmick as a heel called the master of fear, which I need to see. <laughs> and he Where shows up as the master of fear in OVW in the early 2000s with wow. like Nick Dinsmore and those guys were there. I had wow. no idea. And I know he's got a wrestling school uh, to this day. Everyone seems to love him. He's got a biography that's hard to find. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh -huh. I'd, I'd love to track that down. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's Jimmy, the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant, the yeah. only professional wrestler to use Manhattan transfer as their entrance music. That. my favorite wrestler yeah it's so cool, great man. johnny johnny bringing the history yeah i Thanks, love it man. i love it um yeah he's been it, 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 and i knew that you that he was your favorite uh i remember the only match i had seen of his was the pwi lords of the ring that i'd watched with you and that came again later in his career um, but I got an idea of who he was then. But yeah, for sure, man. The, the second he shows up on screen, and as you mentioned, the stories, the stories with him are so awesome. And that's, uh, I think, for all three of us, that's what, you know, we have favorite wrestlers and things like that. But if they don't have great stories to go along with these great wrestlers, like, who gives a shit? Um, okay, so you mentioned... <laughs> Maddie for dad. Here, so here we go. Since we started watching these old uh, NWA worldwide, my favorite wrestler from this era has become Manny Fernandez. Let me tell you about this guy. He uh, was born in El Paso, Texas. And I, I remember I, I, I used the word El Paso when he jumped off of uh, when he did like a, a jump off of the ropes in one of our shows. And I didn't even know he was from El Paso. I, like, I know nothing about this city, but I think that's so funny. Um, he is like such a unique person in uh, in his his presentation he's very talented he's got uh a lot when you talk about boogie woogie man not having a lot of in-ring stuff manny is like bringing out stuff like that surprises the shit out of us it's like, amazing travis yeah. when, when i saw all this for the manny fernandez became like my sec one of my second favorite wrestlers is he is in ring yeah amazing yeah it's like super surprising and oh shit, when he doesn't he doesn't have an entrance song he just is in the ring uh, uh fully clothed and then they hit what is it beat it billy jean for billy jean and he just tears his clothes off yeah. oh, no i think it was beat it i think it was it might be like a dong 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 yeah and he just <laughs> which because this is a hot at that time like i think he's just 
like I wonder if part of that came from Dusty with what all you guys have been saying about him. Like, yeah, see what sticks. You know what I mean? Well, like, he's like, one of Dusty's guys. Dusty yeah. had he was trained by he was trained yeah. by Terry Funk. I, I should mention here. He was one um, of those Texas guys. Yeah, debuted in '97. Uh, I I haven't done as much research because what I did today was uh-huh. listen to a podcast about him that really gets into like he's known for like he's one of those, gosh. It's one of those things like after watching him work and like just falling in love with like a weird character that and I should finish talking about what what a character he is, is that he's got the head of a bugle. Uh, he's got the forehead of a beluga whale. He's got long brown hair and a long, big, bushy mustache. And as I, I made the observation, he looks like the cover of Dave's Killer Bread, that that famous uh, uh, bread company. Uh, and my um, favorite bread, by the yep, way. Yeah, good stuff. A good variety. <laughs> Um, and so we've worked that into our commentary and I'm sure we'll do it later today if we see him. Um, but he has, like I said, a ton of great in-ring stuff that is mixed in with occasionally like karate, like, uh, the poses he will do because like, he's just like, he, that's what I mean. He feels and he learned bit... in Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Vietnam. We're going to get to that. Uh, that again, that's what I mean. Like he kind of feels a bit like that. He's named the raging bull, right? Which obviously came out of, um, uh, the, the biopic, the Martin Scorsese, uh, De Niro, De Niro movie, yes. yeah, which is the best. Well, Jake um, Lamotta, the boss, Jake Lamotta, yeah, Jake Lamotta, yeah. Um, um, but uh, but he's got a little bit of like he has no like center. <laughs> That's what I felt like. He's like, Who are you, Matty Fernandez? Who are you, this weird <laughs> character? And he would like cut promos where like he does that, like, he, like again, I've never been to El Paso, but he's got a bit of a uh. His mother is Mexican, I believe. He talked a bit about his mother here uh, in that uh, podcast we listened to today. Um, but yeah, like, uh, grew up in Texas. And like, but he, okay, here's the thing. Like, whatever. Like, he won my heart <laughs> as we watched him. But he is, what I've learned from uh, in the last little while is he is, he's got a history of of just like what the worst wrestlers of his not the worst because there are way worse wrestlers than Matty Fernandez. Good lord, um, he's just a, one of the biggest liars. Yes, yes, but but it just kind of fits like the worst <laughs> the worst of those cliches of that time, right? Of like the guys who like believe their character a bit too much and like uh, you know have figured out a way like oh, okay, there's not enough. Somebody didn't dot their eyes and cross their t's here, so I can kind of bullshit this a bit. Um, because, because what we learned today, so I listened to this podcast about, it, I got there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to dig into Maddie for now. I want to learn about this guy. And it's one of those never meet your heroes kind of thing. As I was saying to Johnny, before we started recording, I think if Manny Fernandez had become, uh, as big, uh, a star as Hulk Hogan, he'd have as many lies as Hulk Hogan does because like he, okay. So here's what we learned. He was drafted in the military, um, but never served in Vietnam. Um, he was, uh, he did play football for texas state but uh as it says here uh, like uh, wikipedia's got to fix that te- it's not texas a&m but he would talk about west uh, texas west texas state, west right? texas state. was he, west was he texas one of the west texas guys yeah yeah um which has uh yeah which has uh, a history of like it, it, it's uh, it, produ- it, it doesn't produce any nfl uh players but it produces wrestlers, a lot of pro right? wrestlers yeah uh, tully blanchard uh, yeah. Tito, Tito Santana, Santana. Yeah. yeah, Ted DiBiase, Dusty, both Funk Brothers, yeah. Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody. It's yeah. a huge list of names. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so this guy, 
Yeah, like he legit was in the military and he legit did play football, but he lied so much about his experience in Vietnam, like a real, just kind of the worst shit. Like that was part of his character, as we know, happens in wrestling. Uh, certain characters take on military things that kind of walks a line, especially back then, right? And some are worse than others, but he, in shoot interviews... <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, But uh, in shoot interviews... It's just like, no, I was there. Yeah, I was like, like just kind of really leaning into it. And it's just like, dude, um, people can follow this shit up. What, what I'm shocked about is how difficult it is for them to follow up his NFL career. Shouldn't there just be like a fucking roster checklist? That's bizarre to me. Or is it just because in the 70s, they weren't as good at bookkeeping <laughs> back then? Uh, well, wasn't the story because there was the famous Manny Fernandez who... Who played for the Dolphins. So I kind of think that, that he kind of thought, yeah, I can kind of yeah. ride this train a bit. Yeah. But he would go, he would say he, the Kansas stolen, City Chiefs... It's stolen NFL value. Valor, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> yes. as bad. But still, like, like just weird. Like, why do that, man? Who gives a shit? Who are you trying to impress? Uh, but the like the most recent thing, and this is the kind of thing that really like fills those kind of territories of bullshit but kind of like oh i heard this and so and so and zawa 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 and purple rubber dishwasher or whatever gossip gets changed over years is he was involved in this match in puerto rico which i i refuse to watch this i've, I've seen I've screenshots seen I've, I've seen, seen screenshots it. it's not it looks so fucking disturbing i don't want to see this um where he in the middle of a, a worked match he drops a knee on invader three right who is uh, Rivera? Is it one of the Riveras? No, it's on. Uh, it's on the guy who killed. I believe Bruce so. Rupert, right? No, Johnny, no, that's who no, he that thinks it is. One. He oh, thinks it like I'm not, that's what I'm saying. Jose Gonzalez. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Invader so, I think was Johnny Rivera. Travis Johnny Rivera. Yes, and uh, so he yeah. said no. It was uh, like, and he would tell stories afterwards that I did this. It was a shoot. To hit this, drop this this knee into this person's chest and, <laughs> and cause their their inner like shit to fuck up. So a guy just starts like in it, like I've like I said, I've seen still images. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. The guy just starts like coughing up blood in, in the middle of this Puerto Rico uh, ring. But and, that, I mean, and the you know rumor is legend was what that was. Yeah, is vodka, vodka, pig foot, yeah, pig foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that as well too. It was at work. Yeah, I know, I know. That's the the. Have you ever again. had it? It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that? What do they call that? They call that what? What was the name of the main character on uh, U.S. Acres, the Jim Jim Davis uh, spinoff? Orson. Orson. Uh, give me an Orson. <laughs> uh, an Orson Mary. Um. Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. So like, but that. But he says that this is. Uh, it, I did it as a shoot for revenge against Invader One, who had killed uh, Bruiser Brody in the shower and stabbed him. And and that's something that you can very easily no, that happened two months later against, and it was a different person. And he's like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Like you hear in these shoot interviews, like, oh man, like part of me is like when I saw that that um, the Raging Bull is still doing podcasts and stuff, and like even recently did, as you mentioned, Johnny did the. Um, uh, the, the Bradshaw and Briscoe right? show, which I, I tuned into it, but the, the I, lo I I really enjoy that show. But so many of these old wrestlers they find don't exactly have microphones and stuff set up for podcasts. 
and it sounds uh, so bad i can't i can't listen to it but also like knowing what i don't like what are you going to talk to this guy about i'm like dude have you apologized to any vietnam veterans lately because he's think yeah, JBL, he'll take that he'll take that to the fucking grave you can tell with this guy right no no i was there man i was there right like it's just one of those yeah. one of those personalities that came out of the territory remember i, I shared that quick two and a half minute video uh of him talking about just getting slipped acid before a, a match or shitting that's a it. great story yeah but also talking about hey it's just something you do it was fun and those days are gone it's a shame like dude if you like and this is a guy who talks about vietnam like being vietnam and having legit ptsd do you think it's a joke to give a, a Vietnam veteran who has PTSD fucking acid? Dude, I don't think so. You want us to take you seriously? Like, like, uh, like, look, I'm a big <laughs> fan. I'm a big fan of this guy as a wrestler and what we watch. And he fucking kills me as he were. It's one of those really things, things where you've really got to separate the art from the artist. Totally. Um, um, and like I said, he's 69 years old. Part of me was kind of like, hey, dude, we should get this guy on for one of these things. And now I, I kind of don't want to talk to Manny Fernandez. Oh, you no, no, no. <laughs> well, you know, no. you know, he'd pull what Iceman pulled on me when I was like, hey, you want to be on a podcast? How much are you going to pay? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think you're probably right. Okay, I have to add <laughs> one other very famous Manny Fernandez lie. Okay. And this is more along the lines of wrestling nerds know this one. Joey and I, Joey. Danzo and I share the mystery Titans theater favorite member of the, what's the name of our, our group on mystery Titans theater with Danzo, the oh, Guild society of blah, blah, blah. The monster society of evil. <laughs> yeah, there you go. One. It was there the monster. Right, yes, yes, yes. I was like, the yeah, big yeah. swinging dicks club. Is that, that, that that's what it was. <laughs> that's every club I joined brother. Uh -huh. Oh, by the way, for everyone, I'm going to WrestleMania in Philadelphia yeah. next year with, yeah. uh, Joe Danzo. Yeah. Joe Danzo, dude, that's so Mr. cool. Mr. WrestleMania Johnny. Uh -huh. I love it. I love it. So, what we are going to get to in our Mystery Titans Theater project in 85 is we're going to get to Starcade 85. At Starcade 85, Manny Fernandez fights Abdullah the Butcher in a Mexican death match. Yeah. And it's great. He's in, it's like Manny's in like bunkhouse gear, looks like a million bucks. And you only win by being the, anything goes bloodbath, but you only win by being the first person to climb a pole off of one <laughs> of the turnbuckles and retrieve Manny's sombrero. Oh my God. This is a guy, <laughs> a guy who has one finishing move called the Flying Burrito, his finishing move, which is a killer uh, finishing move, but a terrible name. But yeah. Okay let's take let's think about this for a second abdullah the butcher is not climbing yes, any yes, pole yes ever and but the big lie and this was on the shoot interviews and it's one of the funniest of all time because i'm a huge fan of shoot interview bullshit it was him going yeah man everybody hey daddy everybody came to see me and abdullah tear it down and after we got done with that match half the building left daddy Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and uh, Half the building yeah, left. i can tell you from my uh dive into uh getting to know manny fernandez you know who else is a big fan of shoot interviews manny fernandez uh -huh. he fucking <laughs> he lives for that shit okay so here's the uh, something we're going to do a little different here on yours mind the truth uh we have just been joined by a longtime friend of mystery titans theater uh, uh member of the united underworld 
our dear friend Robert Hawkins. Robert, how are you? Doing wonderful. Looking for. I've never seen this show. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Um, but he's been on, he, like you were on for one of these, uh, the NWA worldwide episodes that we watched. That's correct. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we are making our, uh, they said the last, like, uh, Johnny gave me a couple clips for like the last couple shows or the TV shows that are going to build up to the storylines that we're going to see here, starting with this June 15th, 1985. And he tells me that we should keep the audio up here at the beginning. Johnny, is that right? Yes, because these are the angles of, for some of the major events that are going to happen at right, the Great American right. Bash. All those great stories we were talking about. Yes. All right, so let's go. This is uh, uh, Worldwide Wrestling, June 15th, 1985. Who are the two uh, gentlemen we have talking uh, well, about? Well, that is Bob Caudill, who's one of, I think, low-key, one of the best wrestling announcers of all time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and also worked for Jesse Helms. So he's very, you know, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Interesting. And yeah, that's like uh, complicated. Dude, I just listened. I just watched the there's a YouTube documentary on on Apple TV where Bono worked with Jesse Helms to do all these like kind of AIDS relief. And Edge is like, you're not inviting him to one of our fucking shows. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah everyone yeah. says that Bob Caudill is just one of the most wonderful human beings who ever lived. So who knows? And yeah. the man in the red is Johnny Weaver who was yeah. one of the stars of mm -hmm. Crockett Territory, Kelly, what? Yeah. The, what, the 60s, 70s? Uh, right. Yeah, 60s, 70s. Yeah, I didn't bring his name up when I was talking about the territory, but he was, yeah, huge. Him and a, a guy named George Becker were one of the longtime tag team attractions in the territory. His right. finisher was a sleeper called the Weaver Lock. Weaver Lock. <laughs> I love him already. Let's do it. There is his partner, Tully Blanchard, the world television champion. Well, that's right, Bob. Of course, with Tully in there, you know, Baby Doll's not going to be far away. Abdul the Butcher, 462 pounds a match. Build as one of the biggest matches in the world today with at Greensboro Coliseum. And it's, you know it's going to be a grueling match. U.S. champion Magnum T.A. is in action with Dusty Rhodes against Abdul the Butcher and Tully Blanchard. All right, let's watch some of this, Johnny. Let's pick up some of the action here in this tag team match. Dusty Rhodes, Magnum T.A., Abdullah the Butcher. All right, so this we can kind of talk over a bit more. There's Baby Doll. Totally. Looking good. Oh, my. What? Dusty has just Dusty, torn her top off. Yes, uh, Dusty Rhodes is a... Uh, uh, sexual predator, sex sexual best. Predator. That just That's it. his Let's gimmick. Sex best. Sex best. Yeah. <laughs> that was insane. And the crowd went fucking nuts for it. I'm going to cover up my birthmark. <laughs> you see, yeah, an he's operation got, on the splotch? On the yes, splotch. It, no, he, he had it, he, he had it lar uh, made larger, actually. <laughs> I want it to look more like the continent of Africa, please. <laughs> it's like yeah, Miguel Kovacev's got one on his head. But yeah, he yeah. doesn't have one right here, Daddy. So did okay. So she's wearing a bra. So that was, I mean, that was like that is not baby face material at all. Oh, it was in the eighties. Yeah, it was in the eighties. It's all about spanking and ripping off. All right, uh, that was more like nineties, uh, late nineties. No, it, it, oh, that was it's a long tradition in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> 
Dusty was the innovator. A long, proud, proud tradition. Here we go. Here we go. Here's what our shit gets serious. Holly and Abby. That's going to be the weirdest tag team. Well, that's it. Who's this mystery woman? Who is that? That's Who's what I'm this asking. mystery woman who's giving Tully something? Paul Jones. Yeah, Paul Jones lent Abby. It's baby doll. Oh, fireball, baby. And a fire to the face. Magnum trying to go to his aid. Abby's destiny in life is to with guys who threw a fireball, apparently. Just crazy. Paul, Paul Jones made a business arrangement to, to lease out Abdulli, Abdullah the Butcher okay. to Kelly Blanchard. Okay. And Abby is working full time in Croc. For, for briefly for a couple months, yes. Yeah. As he's being covered and helped and helped out of the arena. Amazing. So would that have, would that have been the first yeah, would that have been the first fireball you ever saw in professional wrestling, Johnny? Probably. I think right? so. Yeah. You know, I didn't I've never thought about it, but That's what I mean, yeah. like like there's so much going on there that later would be like like what are you guys doing you're just throwing everything at the at the kitchen sink but this is still fresh this still feels somewhat fresh at this time you know what i mean I, dude i've never not been a fan of fireballs until jericho killed it yeah, made, yeah. If they're done properly they're pretty cool right. i gotta go with the uh, the failed hogan fireball and the warriors yeah. and i right. well, i went nope we don't need to see this anymore yeah well when they're done poorly like that it just yeah everything just dude, stops dead I've I've told you guys about the worst fireball botch of all time. It's it's yeah. kind of gained infamy over the years. That Brian Pillman Jr. versus uh, Kevin Sullivan match I saw in Vancouver. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. Hold on. You want to? All right. Yeah, I do want to hear this. Get for one thing, and that is this book. Now I have faced all kind of adversity, all kind of pain, all kind of blues, all kind of agony. I want no suspension, no fine. I will be the judge, the jury, and the hangman. <laughs> now it's not the title, is the livelihood you took from this kid who grew up with nothing, was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth, did never have anything I didn't reach for and grab. He used when to wear a very home, similar blazer in the early aughts. My two-year-old daughter ran up to me finally after it's all over. And I know that's the most important thing in this country is family, God, and being able to be free. Oh, man. And I'm a free man, Tully Blanchard. Jeepers creepers. This and guy. I'm so free that I'm loose now. And wherever you go, wherever you hide, I wish two months ago I said, Lord, I wish Baby Doll was a man, because I could handle it. And now I wish Tony Bloodshot was a man. Okay, well, I thought he was going to say it was a woman. This like, what are you going to do to Tony Bloodshot? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That no, was great. fucking awesome. Because the main event of the Great American Bash is Dusty Tully cage match. It's he's back. Okay, like, hold on. I, I want to apologize for my outburst earlier. If Dusty wins, he gets uh, the, the TV title and and baby doll for 30 days. Right, right. Okay, so hey, there's someone who's feeling bad for Dusty Rhodes right now. He's gonna do him a favor. Let's turn this because his brother, his street brother, is low. 
Dusty Rose, I know where you're at, brother. Because the boogeyman was in the gutter, just like you are now. You came to my aid. You came to the boogeyman's aid at the boogeyman's aid. <laughs> what are you with that blue screen, man? You cut He's the asking me. out of the gutter. I don't know how to he, replace He it. looks like the roadie for the electric mayhem. Or it's something. the best. Everybody knows the boogeyman and the jam. There was a lady <laughs> that came walking by. Definitely a Jim Henson creation. Everybody knows the boogeyman. That's why you never see his legs. Was yeah. the Look, the Jimmy Valiant knows a, a certain street lady. She is a perfect 10, baby. And she is my street lady. Wow. Dusty Rhodes, brother. That's Jimmy Valiant's street. That, that is Jimmy Valiant's actual wife. For time, real? By the way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, her name is Felicia. The butcher. That's Big Mama. That's hello, Big Mama. Hello, Felicia. Remember I mentioned Big Mama's hair hair could have been shaved? You, That's Big Mama. Street old lady. He's yours. He's given Dusty Rhodes his Dusty hooker. Dusty Rhodes, she's yours. I guess that's one way to cheer What? <laughs> this is madness. There you go, Dusty. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> madness. Anything you want. Dusty. And I'm all you. He's like, he's pro-sex work. Friends That's right, he's very progressive. Boogeyman Jimmy Valiant. Made him T.A. the Raging Bull. Boogeyman gave me his lady off the street. <laughs> Tell her Blanchard, somewhere, some village, some arena. We think <laughs> that business. Because I got a perfect 10 with me right now. The counteract baby doll. I mean, what is happening now is it. And darling... What are you going to do for me? I'm going to take care of baby doll. <laughs> Dusty's on his feet. Let's me and you. Something to drink, mama. Come on, baby. Amazing. All right. All right. So we'll stop it there. That's <laughs> So that's from... Yeah, the Russians are disgusted by <laughs> this behavior, by the way. American. June 15th. Horrible. Unbelievable. That was insane. Um, okay, so now we go one week later. There's our boy, uh, okay. Tony Schiavone, uh, in the <laughs> locker room of the uh, Colorado Rockies after a, <laughs> a, a really <laughs> rough loss, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a week later, June 22nd, 1985. Yes, this is some of the big stuff here. Ladies and gentlemen, after that unperpetrated okay. attack by Jim Ross. The very first time I ever saw Jim Ross was right here. Oh, wow. The first time you ever saw Jim Ross? Oh, okay. Yes. Because, see, Magnum didn't really have anything to do going into the bash. So they filmed it, and Kamala was in uh, Mid-South. Magnum did a thing where he went there to say, hey, remember me? I, the, the local boy who's done good and gets attacked by Kamala, who splashes him off the top rope. And this is the promo. Right hmm, well, I didn't know Great. That. That's why he's fighting Kamala at the bash. Yeah, I was wondering how Kamala fit into it all. It, Magnum is just about to take over in the feud with Tully. Everywhere, that, yeah. That lasts until Starcade. But at this point, he actually had nothing to do. They had to Wild. figure out something to do with Magnum. Hmm. Fascinating. This United States heavyweight title it means more to me than anything in the world. Go ahead, Rob. Um, Big Mama. I was thinking about Dusty's original pitch for Sapphire to Vince, which was like her. That was yeah. his idea. The hooker. 
and add, add Vince changed it into you know what we got. I wonder if that's where he got the idea. Mm, probably. Not over me. Nobody gets away with what you've tried to do. But Vince made it better. Made it busier. I love that silver U.S. belt. That's one of my favorite belts. Yeah, that's a good one. Then I'll get my like you could actually tuck it through belt loops if you wanted to. <laughs> wear it like a proper belt. Um. Now, now, Johnny originally wanted me to skip ahead four minutes, but we're not going to get the full Mystery Titan Theater on yours, Line of the Truth, if we do that. And so what we're looking at right now, it looks like a guy, is that spaghetti? Is he, oh, but he's, he's smelling spaghetti for somewhere. There's Pistol okay, Pez Watley. Okay, here's, this is when they were going to Columbus uh, in these small, Columbus, Georgia, these smaller areas, and it's Black Bart, Pez Watley, and it's it's the C team of Crockett that they inherited from Georgia. And that's the same date, date as the Great American Bash. <laughs> all right, right. Valiant Warrior. Now, turn this right, up. Fifth. This is one of the yes. greatest moments in wrestling history. All right, all right. With Valiant's War and get Jimmy. Wow. Valiant's War, man. That'd be a great name for a band, but I'm trying to think of what kind of sound they'd have. see exactly what Jimmy Valiant had to say. Let's go to that right now with Paul Jones and Jimmy Valiant. All right, fans, again, here's number one, Paul Jones. You went out to look for Jimmy Valiant. Did you find him, Paul? What do you think, Bob? No. Valiant is nowhere to be found. But I tell you one thing. This is all about what kind of a match they're going to have at the Great Somewhere American Bash. Because let me tell you something about Valiant. Anytime that I put my pants on and I Ooh. put the zipper back at the front, you're not going to find Valiant because Valiant is a coward. Deep huh? down inside, he's a coward. What's that to do with your fucking pants, Paul? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, my God, a young, a young girl. Well, young guy. Young boy with long hair. Well, that's yeah. You must be a Jimmy Valiant hater. He's giving him a there's present. But we know because we see the shirt. It has. There's still somebody that and this kid, has this kid a lot of confidence in number Reveals one, that he has long reveals hair. that he's a hippie like Jimmy Valiant. Doesn't this let you know... That people still feel that Paul Jones is number one. <laughs> get that, get that old hell safe. Who is that hell safe? What did he call him? <laughs> a, a hell snake. Oh no, hell snake. It's oh, a dog collar. Wow. So a kid, a kid came out who he mistook for a little boy, was giving a him boy. a present. It, a or no, boy, who he like? Boy. It was a little boy, but he thought it was like a straight edge little boy. Like yeah, straight, so he thought he was giving cut. him a present. Yeah, he's, present. He's one of Jimmy Valiant's street urchins. Yeah, who and, revealed. Yes, who, who revealed to Paul Jones that you're fighting Jimmy Valiant in a dog collar match because that child has been enlisted Dude. in Valiant's war. How about an, a remake of Oliver Twist with uh, Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant as Fagin? Huh? There we go. <laughs> I don't think I included this, pal. I know this is the part you wanted to take out. Oh, but, all right, but we've got another like it's like four minutes here. Oh, it's a magnum so why match. Not, it's so why not watch seconds. a fucking magnum match? Yeah. Okay, so Robert, that was the thing. Magnum would have jobber matches, and the thing was how fast could he beat the the jobbers? So it was kind of Goldberg before Goldberg, right? Ooh, not quite. So that that be, uh, the belly to belly, oof, like that was not his best. But man, we saw some. Like you 
forgot why it was his finisher, right? And that's a, such a move that over time, Magnum TA, who, like, I feel like we haven't given him enough um, uh, props in our earlier thing about being, like, the, the main guy in this. <laughs> we always get the station... Right now, uh, we were seeing the station salute of the week, where they honored the uh, one of the affiliates and the, always the general manager. Asheville, yeah, Jerry Birdwell today Jerry gets a shout out. You know what? Normally, normally these normally these uh, general managers are pieces of shit, but I've heard nothing but nice things about yeah, Birdwell. Birdwell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're this. working with Jerry. That's nice. All right, who is this? This is, I have no idea. These are the local promotions for them going to the minor markets. Yeah. Joe Lightfoot, the Italian stand versus the Midnight Express. Be totally the secret team. Oh, by the way, by the way, we're going to check some of this out because you know who is now in this territory, who is working this uh, this circuit of the sea shows, Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express, who are about to show up. And so are the Rock and Roll Express. They are days away. Kevin Sullivan is there for some reason. You live on a dead end street, but I'm the man that lived in the mm. last house, Pez Watley. So let's roll the bones and see what the future holds. And the future holds this: there'll only be eleven <laughs> men in that battle royal. Kevin Smith's favorite wrestler. Because I'm gonna make sure. Yeah, I know they look delightful. Oh my God! Yeah. If, if Kevin Smith bleach blonde his hair. Time. Yeah. Kevin Smith is Kevin Sullivan. That biopic I get excited for, Johnny. I'm a a Kevin fan. I've met him. He's a nice guy. He is so skinny now that it doesn't look healthy. I know. I agree. I noticed that. I was actually at his comic shop about two weeks ago. Oh, awesome. I've been there. I'm not going to talk about... I run you out. I stole your belt. Well, Black Bart stole. here. Uh, Black I Bart stole. Here. I stole your belt. I stole this wedding ring. Did you see it? <laughs> Just watch right here. Stole that too. More than anything. Hat definitely stolen. Who is this? Black Bart. Black Bart. Pardon me. Is he a part of the Great American Bash? I don't think so. Okay, no, because no. he's uh, probably why you kept minor it out of this show thing, on the But I still, yeah. but I still wanted to get the YMT people the MTT experience. Well, I tell you, I can bring this rope. I can bring a whip. I can use a chair. I can run you through a concrete wall, and ain't a dead dumb thing nobody can do about it. Okay, this is a good promo. It is a great promo. Yeah. That's a weird choice at the end there, Mr. Bart. Oh, here we go. This is the big one. Yeah. Nothing made me and Danzo cheer more and laugh more. I know what's coming then. To heaven. <laughs> I think, Robert, you know what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. David Crockett was ambushed by the Colon. At least. Stating a few facts. Fact number one, they are in the USA. They... <laughs> I pledge allegiance to Russia, to the Kremlin, uh, to the red and gold of the Soviet Union, but they are. Can in you USA. believe it? David Crockett took exception to that. Here's what Nikita Kolov did to David Crockett. Watch it yourself. He's such a great world champion. Why doesn't he sign contracts <laughs> against Nikita? What do we have to he do to get contracts? contracts? He has other contracts. the thug, ex- thug two on an episode of Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Why is he, he taking everybody? 
Why he is, is he... the world heavyweight champion. That's why. David Crockett is being an asshole here, too, by the way. Right? Just kind of standing up for his dad. For Ric Flair. He's standing for Ric Flair yeah. in America, and he's insulting Ivan to his face. He's been doing it for weeks. Doesn't mean he is the world heavyweight. Doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's the number one challenger. You go out and you say, well, we, we don't deserve to be in this country. Well, we have proven ourselves. I think Koloff got a monster. From behind? <laughs> Are you calling the Ooh. Ooh, there you go. Nikita delivery. Yeah, the hammer and sickle. Every time I watch it, <laughs> and later on on the episode that happens at the very end, uh, at the very end, you, you just hear Rick Flair. Nikita's in the ring, and uh, Shivani's announcing, and you hear uh, Flair like exasperated. Goes, I just got here to the arena, Tony, and found out what happened, and I'm not gonna take this shit or something and runs to the ring and attacks Nikita Koloff. Yeah. And that sets wild. up David Crockett to be the special guest referee of at, Ric Flair versus Nikita Koloff at the Great American Bash. And here we go All with the that. Partiality of Which, uh, what's the, what's the uh, exact date of uh, Great American Bash? July yeah. 6th. July, July 6th. 1985. Oh, so those promos, oh, you, like you were saying, those promos we yeah, were seeing. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was, yeah. that was for the minor C show on the same day with the wrestlers. All right, yeah, let's do it. This is I own so this here's what, tape, by the way. Yeah. I know. And do you remember when we had Lords of the Ring? This was the yeah, teaser. The big, it that was we got the it. biggest. It was the biggest. Like no, no. Damn. It's a, it's not Lords of the Ring, but yeah. And that's when I knew that we had this here because. Boy, you really had to search for this. Uh, Kelly. Hey, Kelly, um, because it's not even under. Like to kind of keep it low key, somebody's figured out how to not have it labeled Great American Bash 1985. But here we go. There's our buddy Gold. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bird solely. Um, I I just accidentally stumbled upon it. Mm -hmm. I was looking for and then I know go with ever presented and it is senior editor yeah. for pro wrestling illustrated my friend Bill this is like the the, the sequel to uh lords of the ring with these yeah. two here yeah of jim crockett promotions golden feels like it's like the same uh or very similar set yeah. they're not as entertaining yeah, the, the, the script isn't as good same time exactly. yeah the case of cowboy ron bass for a long time he believe it or not i'm just looking it up Believe it or not, they actually ran a TV taping that day in uh, in Atlanta in the TV studio. Or wait, in Atlanta? Yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, and then I've got the results of the Columbus card. Oh boy. Yeah, they ran a TV taping and then did a course of that. Now, let's see if anybody of you can get this right. Not counting if any titles change hands on this card. All right. What other major championship? In North America, changed hands this day. Oh, I know. The Intercontinental title in Baltimore. Yep. Cage match with Santana. Swing pants on that ref. Wild. Yeah, that's cool. I never thought of that one day. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Who are we looking at here now? So here we are is Cowboy Ron Bass versus Buddy Landell. Buddy now, Landell. As, as we know from our viewing, Cowboy Ron Bass had recently returned to the territory as a heel with his old manager, J.J. Dillon, who is now totally enamored with uh, Buddy Landell. And Cowboy Ron Bass took exception to uh, uh, J.J. getting Landell title shots at Ric Flair over him. 
which led to his baby face turn. I know he was popular at it. I just can't see Ron Bass as a baby face. It was he was briefly popular, and then he here for like a little bit, and then you know within two years he's one year. When does he go to WWF? Eighty seven. Right before right before WrestleMania. Yeah, eighty seven. I'll tell you what, he definitely enjoyed at the baseball stadium in Charlotte. Sorry. Yeah. He definitely enjoyed being a babyface because at one show I was at at the Philadelphia Civic Center, for some reason, they decided security were going to be assholes about fans who were by the, 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 the ramp, for lack of a better word, uh, the entranceway, uh, reaching out to get high fives and they're pushing people back. And people were trying to get high fives. And Ron Bass, who is a giant man, walks by and looks at this and puts his arms over to the security guards and slaps hands anyway, encouraging people to slap his hands. Like, I haven't been a baby face in 15 uh, years. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. But he just, like, and it had to keep that, like, kind of Western bad guy vibe forever, too. Like, I can't see him. Uh, you know, stretching into like a dude love territory. You know, I don't think he's got a lot of versatility. It's one of the great examples of a guy who had been a heel forever, finally turning babyface, and that's always a fun story, even if he can't sustain Right, it. right, yeah, yeah. And he's a heel, but he still has his loaded claw glove. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, a babyface, I mean. Okay, Sonny Fargo, uh, Sonny Fargo's red pants do not match his referee. The referee yeah. but, well, actually, actually, they no, do. I the think. I, 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 yeah, I think. I think. No, the stripes are black. That does not match at all. Hmm. That's Interesting Sonny choice. Fargo, one of one of the half of that one of the tag teams that. Uh, right, Kelly, you mentioned. I mean, the Fargo. Well, I don't group. know if they. Well, they probably. Oh, they're Memphis, were right, yeah. very famous tank. Yeah, we are well in New York. They were big in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. JJ Dillon getting chased. Yeah. I love the I love watching the sunset while this match is going on. Yeah. When they came out, the sun was up. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I love that about um Yeah, well, this is clipped heavily. <laughs> Because it is went your, from daylight to dark. Uh, is your your um, the mania you're going to, Johnny? Is outdoors, right? It's where the Eagles play. Yeah, so yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. you'll get to see that too. That's cool. Uh, I was gonna say, what happened? I didn't miss 20 it. Twenty minute time limit draw. Oh, okay. Time limit draw. It's a yeah, twenty minute draw. So we got maybe not even five minutes. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Because this is only an hour-long tape, so most right. of the matches are going to yeah. be. But does is there an existing full show of this somewhere? Uh, somewhere in WWF's cavernous Raiders of the Lost Ark, like ever see. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he got it on JJ. Uh, I don't think it. They're a little choppy there, Kelly. Then I 
Yeah, my connection is totally fucked right now. Chillawag, baby. We're about two years away from Gordon Soli hair at this point. Uh, 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 uh. I'm two years away from Gordon Soli liver at this point. <laughs> I think I got the better end of the deal. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of the ring. As a matter of fact, they didn't even wait for the bell to ring before they got down to business. Now this is a case right here where four. All right, there's really no story behind this. This Nick is later the- in Buzz Sawyer versus. Yes. Anderson. Okay, this is yeah. It's it's only in our defending the national tag team titles against a tag team at the time I loved, Dick Slater and Buzz Sawyer. Never has there been a tag team of two more fucking worse human beings. <laughs> Buzz Sawyer and Dick Slater. Who could let's let's think of a worse? Who could Zoom Hop have have uh, tagged with? Uh, I mean, like it, yeah, let's think of like a worse. Okay. Sweetan tag team. Okay, you, put, you put Buck Zoom Hop and Bob Sweetan with these guys as a four group. And actually, it's look, called scum. Yeah. Okay, I did look. Look, Zoomhoff and Sweetan are a different level of scum than Slater and Sawyer. Yeah. Let's just say I'm, that's what I mean. Like, and that's a, like in talking about like uh, Fernandez earlier and stuff. Like, all that shit is like garbage, right? But yeah, you like fall pretty low on the fucking wrestling uh, guys from that era of being pieces of uh, shit. You know, that was and awesome. Again, Speaking of guys being pieces of shit who are amazing wrestlers, Dick Slater, amazing. Yeah, Buzz yeah. Sawyer, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, yeah. I know he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I and love the, mo- the boots, and he's one of the best yeah. in-ring performers. And I like Dick Slater from what we've seen, but Buzz Sawyer, every time I watch him, I'm just like blown away by his fucking hops, man. This guy is like so much, such like energy. He's like a spark plug. Let's face it, Ole Anderson, not exactly one of the nicest, friendliest human beings. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sweethearts. A lot of sweethearts. A lot of sweethearts in this match. For those of you listening, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer wears giant dog furry boots. Like the kind you, like Homer, like the bear ones that Homer Simpson would wear, but wrestling wrestling boots. And they're giant dog boots and they're furry. They're great. Yeah, so Arn Anderson at this time. This is it's 25 like, years old. Can you believe it? Is that right? That's or is it exactly was, right. Really? 25. It's like 25. Yeah, a man who looked 52 out of when he was born. Um, but and I know we've talked a bit about this on Titans. But how long had he been wrestling at this point? Arn Anderson. About three, three years, years four years. Because yeah. everything is there. Oh, fuck. Oh. Buzz. This is good stuff, man. Like this mad energy. This yeah. Is a really good match. Great stuff. Like, what is that? <laughs> oh, there you go. oh, I love it. Dude. Why are elbows so much? Oh yeah, I didn't realize because because the, the Andersons look alike. He couldn't they look tell. Exactly the, yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. Both white and bald. Even yeah, though yeah, one is, yeah. they don't look anything alike. All these actually. white guys look alike. Yeah, Sonny Clark is colorblind. <laughs> that reminds me. Of you can tell by his outfit. I'm Gene Siskel. 
probably called a six. If you go back and watch a lot of um, uh, old uh, uh, Cisco Deavers, you'll realize that I'm horny on Main Street, and I put it out there a lot. Oh my gosh! So there's been the the AEW uh, women's division kind of little bit of drama with Lufisto and everybody. by, by uh, one of my favorites and uh, and Mystery Titans Theater alumni, Lufisto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really. But uh, like I saw somebody shared like, oh yeah, boy, I want to check in with Jim Ross and his likes and see how he's handling uh, this situation. And it's just another like just real fucking thirst trap from Paige Van Zandt. Like that's what he's up to. <laughs> All right. So that's what this he's become match, known for. This match is Paul Jones's army of the Barbarian, Abdullah the Butcher, and... Billy uh, superstar Billy Graham versus Avalanche Buzz Tyler, Sam Houston, and Manny Fernandez. It's like the kind of thing you'd get if you're playing WWE 2K and you set up a retro league and you get random six mans that you don't understand. Right, Not that right. I don't have enough life that I would ever do something like that. Did you get... Uh... <laughs> it sounds uh, sounds exciting. Did you get Fight Forever, Robert? Uh, I got it, and it didn't work. Really? PlayStation 4, it didn't work for the first... Right. Um, I'm hearing that. You would start a match, and it would freeze your system. And yeah, what a drag. And actually get to a match. So I, after, like, they'd be like, oh, we know we're aware of the bug. We'll fix it in a few weeks. So I just returned it. And frankly, now I'm going to wait until it's 20 bucks to buy it again. So that makes sense. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Here's our boy. The man of the hour, Matty Fernandez, lighting up the... Uh, how many people are in attendance today 27, at this show? 27,000? That seems low for what we what we see here, but that's pretty rad. Here we see young Sam Houston, who we recently on Mystery Titans Theater see, got his first win. This is the slow push of him as... Uh, yeah. I believe someone said the last show, Dusty's new... Barry Wyndham was his idea because Wyndham took off right. on him. Or his new project, right? His project, yeah. yeah. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts' brother, Grizzly Smith's other son, yeah. uh, someone who has 27 DUIs. And uh... <laughs> and that's like the best thing about him. The best thing we can say about him. Um, oh, we lost Kelly. Hopefully he comes back soon. But I wanted to, uh, did you notice uh, Superstar's Mustache is dyed uh, yep, bleach blonde. Because yeah. now we're starting to see the seeds. And the way yeah. they do it is he dyes his mustache. Then his clothes start being not quite so drab. Right. And they, they do little touches uh, to where he suddenly explodes into the classic superstar Billy Graham and becomes a baby face. And his entrance music is George Thurgood's Bad to the Bone. And it right. is one of the greatest things of all time. And he, I mean, he can't move at all. Right. But it's, it doesn't matter. It's great. Just to show you how little I knew about music. First time I heard that song associated with him in like an old wrestling tape I saw in like 88, 89. I went, why is Superstar Billy Graham coming out to the theme from Christine? <laughs> 10 years old. I knew nothing about music. I was like, oh, that's from that movie. Who normally plays in this stadium, do we know, guys? Kelly, can you find that information out for us? <laughs> now that you're uh, back. The 80s? Whatever the minor league team that yeah. the Crockett's owned. It's the minor right? league. Right, baseball. of course. Of course. I think so. I think it's baseball, not football. 
Because they wouldn't have they wouldn't have to pay for rentals, then that's for sure. You could hear Sonny Fargo say Do you see uh was that after in the front? After, yeah. And now right Yeah, after's there. Madman from Sudan. The madman from the Sudan. I remember that's, when that's what when, they call Bill after? I'd never yeah. heard that. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen him at a 1 a.m. at a Bennigan's. <laughs> I remember when I stopped taking, when I stopped thinking Abdullah was scary. Was it, it was like an issue of inside wrestling, and there was a black and white picture of Abby, and it's the first time I noticed that on his trunks, like on the waistband, where you'd put your name on your gi, it's A period butcher. Like, <laughs> like butchers his last name yes. and it made me it made me laugh so oh, wow. hard that i was like okay I, I don't i'm not i'm not scared of this guy anymore <laughs> that's hilarious that's fucking hilarious that was an interesting uh the way houston got out of that oh my god is the crowd did they get behind sam houston yeah, yeah he got i the guess pin. so he got the pin but did the crowd start to really buy him as like a new golden boy a little bit a for a while. A little bit. Until right. Dusty, you know, decided to send him to uh, Mid-South. Overstep his bounds. Sometimes Gord Soli, noted drunk. Yep. <laughs> uh, a Here we man. go. We've seen this footage so many times. That was the you most know? ridiculous. Yep. yep. Yeah. But then they but made that, up for it here. This isn't. Ending. There you go. Near permanent throat injury. Near permanent Jones throat injury. On Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valley. <clears throat> Who's the first there to help him out? Oh, I don't remember. Magnum's in there. Buzz Tyler's yeah. in there. Buzz Tyler ever do anything after this? I don't remember. Him. Yes, and right after the Great American Bash, he got pissed off about something. He was the mid. He was the Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, and right. like after a, a promo thing, right after the bash. He quit, told Dusty, fuck you, and left with the belt. And that was like the end of Buzz Tyler. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know where he ever wrestled at after that. There's no end in sight. There is no end in sight because this is going to continue. Is that Paul, Paul or Earl? That's Paul. Oh, no, Paul Jones. Paul a a Hepner. Hepner right there. It's a real young one. Oh, no. I think it's Earl. And there's Buzz Tyler. <laughs> oh, Abdullah just weird. stabbed Jimmy Valiant. With a shiv. Does he, uh, he have the local radio station on his, his asshole? Uh, he, that was my other favorite thing about Jimmy Valiant. The weird stuff he'd have written on the back of his trunks. Yeah. And sometimes it was advertising for a local radio station and you know he got paid for that that hmm. that's smart yeah other times it was just weird messages you had to turn. Yeah. fm 100 <laughs> 97x the future of rock and roll um how often did paul jones wrestle not often uh, at this point yeah that's earl baby earl Hmm. Yeah, this uh, Jones. I mean, you look at him, pretty good shape still. Right, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like he looks like he could be a worker. Like he does enough. 
like come on man like think about like what, what we watched of like late Rene Goulet and stuff like this like well yeah like he had a long long career as a big star in wrestling and this is you know at the point where he's a manager but he can still get in the ring and perform I like Fuji less well less deliberately committed. Yes, Crockett. Okay, smart fans uh, have two ref, two managers they hate the most: Fuji in WWF and Paul Jones in Crockett. That's why I brought it up. Oh, here comes Abby. I think we've lost we've lost Kelly for the night, but sorry. Right. Oh, okay. We got all that historian bullshit out of the way. <laughs> There it is. One, two, three. Now, a little bit after this, like this feud continues with Valiant and Jones. What's he got? It's like a plastic knife. But when they get into the fall, when they get into the fall, they take a break and superstar Billy Graham takes over for Jimmy Valiant in the feud against Paul Jones. And Jimmy Valiant and his street people feud with Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express, mm. uh, leading to the Starcade match Starcade where Jimmy Valiant's, Jimmy Valiant's tag team partner is Miss Atlanta Miss Lively, Atlanta who is Jim, uh, Ronnie Garvin in drag. The nearest thing. Which would be the first of several times Ronnie Garvin would be in drag at Jim Crockett Promotions for whatever reason. Prodigal son. He's he would be in drag work, but... again with the whole, remember the flare angle? He would disguise himself yep. as would collide. He, he liked it. And that's Ronnie cool. Garvin, not a very attractive woman either. So, no. No, miscellaneous. You, know, you, you sound a little too sure about that, Robert. Uh, I gotta tell you, like you, like oh, you've yeah. run into him in that circumstance more than once. Okay. The Road Warriors here are Look, what I do, I the AWA <laughs> tag team champions. They are not in Crockett. This is part of the, the Pro Wrestling USA agreement, but it will not be very long before they Road Warriors see that the money is here and they get the fuck away from Vern Gagne. But at this point, they are. This is the AWA Tag Team Champions versus the NWA Tag Team. Champions. Cool. So rather unheard of at this point, I'd imagine. Yes. So, that's, yeah. But again, that was the Pro Wrestling USA agreement. Yeah. And it's cool because it got the fans, you know, in the Crockett area really salivating to see the roadies more. So everybody was at the time. If you read the magazines, you oh, just yeah. couldn't wait to see the freaking Road Warriors. I knew who they were way before I knew who Ric Flair was as a kid who only got to watch WBF in the 80s. But when they came in, I knew who they were. And Flair, I was like a little bit, but not, but in terms of just how many times. Going back past, you know, supermarket magazine stands and seeing them on, I, I my mom would always look at that and be like, I'll get you the WF magazine. But that PW has too much blood, right? Blood on that. That ain't happening. Uh, 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 uh. Right next to Fangoria, right? That's yeah, where you'd exactly. always see it. Yeah. Starlog. Is Starlog, the star, is Starlog.com an existing the, I feel like that's a, a brand someone could bring back. Famous Monsters. Remember Famous Monsters of Filmland? Oh, yeah. No, I, that, I, that was I, one of the greats. I keep meaning to talk to you, Johnny, about a, uh, a classic horror-themed project I want to I want to get your involvement in. At least well, one. after the show, uh, fill me in. Forget. 
senility. That's uh, 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 wow. I worked for 23 years with people who uh, were suffering from dementia. <laughs> I will happily record a podcast with them. Of course. Okay, there's a funny story. It's the story. least at I some, can do. At some point in this match, uh, and this is confirmed, I think he even talked about it, Road Warrior Hawk ate a bunch of spaghetti before the match, and he has to fucking puke, and he goes out in front of 27,000 people. He has to roll outside, and he starts puking, and, and gets his head underneath the ring apron. He's like, blah, blah, and... No, no, he should have done it. Told you and the fans turned around, look at it, go. That's what I think of communism. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. USA. What a gush! <laughs> oh my God! And then Vince heard that Eddie and said, "You know what? About twelve years, if I bring you guys around and you're washed up, and I've got a wrestler who can puke." I'll have him join the team and you'll fall off the That's top. how we got the idea. Vin, they say Vince doesn't watch any wrestling except WWE, but I think maybe it was this. He 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 heard it like, you threw up once, Hawk? Oh, I can use that later. Let me put that in my- <laughs> He's going to puke. R.I.P. draws. R.I.P. draws, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and Adrian Street. You guys are going to do something for him, right? Ah, we probably should, hey? Yeah, for yeah. Uh, Jenny and uh, uh, we got to push look, a week, hey, right? Hey, yeah, Travis, Travis, I will gladly find some fun Adrian. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. time we watched Adrian Street on this show was with Marta, and I found that footage. So, yeah, I'm sure I can. Find and we also did some when the, when the Queen died. Yeah. <laughs> I always love when they called him like. I loved it and hated it, but like Shivani would not just call him animal, he called him the animal. Instead, of the, he, he didn't call him the hawk, but he's the animal. No, but um, not Larry Nelson, who it is. Ron Trongard would always call him the hawk and the animal. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. Nuts. I don't care for it. There's actually. Awesome. That's where Hogan and, uh, Hogan and Andre got the idea. Or, or Hogan and uh, Warrior, pardon me. The double <laughs> close line. We did an episode for uh, for my podcast on the Road Warriors, and um, one of the promos I just happened to randomly find. It's a local thing, AWA somehow show, and the and the 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 guy interviewing them is not a regular guy. And at one point, he refers to them as you know, come see uh, the the free birds as they take on the fabulous as gay as possible Road Warriors, and Hawk just gives them a. <laughs> Say, look. <laughs> I remember as 15 year olds, we were always like disappointed if the road warriors were fighting Ivan and Crusher yeah. instead of Crusher and Nikita. Because you know, in your mind, that's your 80s action movie, the, the, the foremost Jack big guys. Looking right. back on it, of course Ivan Ivan's the best wrestler in there, and he's also a giant man. Mm-hmm. He he is he he's calling all of this shit. Yeah, I don't know Ivan and uh, or rather Nikita and and Khrushchev and the Road Warriors in '85. I mean, as far as like who would call it? Oh, yeah. oh, oh. 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 
of Khrushchev from behind with a chair. Awesome. Khrushchev on the chair end. And now look at the heart. Who's our ref here? Is that Tommy, Tommy Young? Young? Yeah, it's like that. Oh, man, I feel like uh, we should have been talking about him more. Hey. We'll get to him. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Tommy Young a lot. I just need the opportunity to bring up what your favorite story. Your favorite story. I'm not just going to drop it out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Need to, I need to work it in. Uh, I will always drop in the fact I think Tommy Young is the greatest referee yeah, yeah. pretty much of all time. Yeah. But it has to be some sort of disqualification. He knew how to be a hmm. character without being David Manning. David Manning or Aubrey Edwards or any or Dick Worley or any of and he was an amazing bumper, which sadly is really messed him up. I think he broke his neck, broke his back, ended his career. Is he the one who did did Tommy Young do the bump where his feet get caught in the ropes? In the second rope and the first rope, and then is down on the thing, that famous spot. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. Tommy Young would just get tossed on the concrete. Yeah. What, what Look, at Ring. Look at Elring back then in that bleach blonde hair. It's yeah, fucking El- awesome. looking like he's running in a, a shady massage parlor. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Let me know if you want me to get involved later. And the Russian team. While he's reading the Wall Street hey, Journal. Kikyo. That was his gimmick. He hey, carries Kikyo. around the Wall Street Journal. Hey, Kikyo, just run it by them every once in a while if they want me to get involved. Ivan Golov still holding on to that gold belt. But he certainly took a beating. Which they would lose within like, when did the Rock and Roll Three days. In three days, they lose Crazy. to the Rock and Roll Express on their debut match on Worldwide Wrestling, which we will be watching. Wow. Because it's the entire show. I think it's it's the really? Yeah, yeah. The, it was the most That's amazing great. thing I ever saw when I was 15 years old. The yeah. entire show is that match. Fantastic, man. That's so cool. Um, but Kenny hit yeah. the belly to belly suplex. Because it's it's so, here we go. Here's the highlight of. of I'd like to, to order belly. a suplex. Mm. A belly a peanut, to belly suplex. A peanut peanut buster suplex would be nice mm, right about that sounds now. Sounds amazing. A nice spinach and mozzarella okay. suplex. Man, Magnum TA. What a what a what a man. A star. What a star. What a man. Yeah. looking on wondered not only if Magnum TA, Robert, like as I became more and more of a fan of the bad guys, I always loved Magnum TA because he was such a badass. This has to be And here we go. Like I mentioned before, Dandor Akbar and Kamala out of nowhere. To have a, I don't know how much they're going to clip this because it's only, it's less, it's just less than seven minutes long. <laughs> well, if you're trying to sell the tape, I mean, just from the people who are making the VHS tape, Kamala's probably one of your bigger names because he was in the WF the year before. So, maybe you don't. Meaning it's a Kamala match, but maybe you do. Has Kamala really? We're counting on people's racism if they see it on the cover. And they go, huh? There you go. Out he goes. Kamala? Racism? What are you guys talking about? It's one of the things. It, it, we talked about, you know, hey, don't meet your heroes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Is the Kamala gimmick racist? Of course it is. Do I 
still enjoy it because I enjoy how what Jim Harris brought to this. Where yeah, yeah. It, and that's the thing. Feel yeah. Real. He, when, when I was just young enough to go, is this guy really crazy? Yeah. Because he he embr- became such a great actor within the yeah. role that yeah. I'm like, I know what it is, but he was great. Yeah. And uh, to see the pride of the, the, the actual human being took in that uh, yeah. performance in that documentary, uh, like uh, where you get to know the guy. Like, I love at the end of his career, this. his gimmick was he was like a lounge singer Kamala in the Indies. Uh, you ever see that? No, I didn't. He's in a tuxedo, but he's got the face paint and he does like lounge singing stuff. It's, I love it. Yeah, it's like the last thing he did before uh, he got too sick to perform. He had his legs removed, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diabetes. Here we go. Ooh, over. Big splash on... Oh, oh, no. Can't keep Magnum down. Yeah, we're pretty much getting this entire match, more or less. Cool. And they, they might have chopped it down from 6.45 to 4.45, but oh! Yeah, there you go. And this is the first time, really, the Crockett fans have seen Magnum getting the hell knocked out of him on TV, isn't it? Or close? Uh, against Wahoo and stuff. But yeah, they're, definitely, Wahoo, playing, right. they're definitely playing that, you know, Kamala's a monster. Because the whole thing is, can he do the belly-to-belly to this guy? Right. Yeah, baby. So awesome. Yeah. You can just see the sky's the limit for Magnum TA at this time. Right. Drop kick. Awesome. One more. Come on. Yeah, brought the big man down. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So we're never gonna learn if he can. Build and we ball. don't. It's a it's a fuck finish too. That's too bad. Scandal rack bar comes in. But that's fine. I mean, if, they, if they're it, it's shitty, but it's it's lower down on the card here now. And well, no, still... it's also probably oh, the that's what uh, they want to see, right? A body slam. And it's it's definitely connected with the fact that they're being loaned out from Watts. They don't want to see Kamala get pinned because Watts. It's still that whole we got to keep him strong for what we're doing with him. But here we go. You get. He does the belly to belly, baby. One, two, three. There you go. Because it's so silly. Like, well, Bill Watts and these guys, like, well, we can't have them lose one, two, three for real, but you can do it that way and it'll be fine. To a card that, I mean, other than maybe six months later on VHS, no one in Mid South's going to see any. Yeah, it, it's, so, it's so stupid. But that's definitely what it was. I, I guarantee it. Mm. Nikita's raw strength, ladies and gentlemen. Did they leave? He's about. Is he about to introduce that 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 long extended dance number in uh, singing in the rain? Where they have like that's what it looked like. Because uh, you know the you know the spot like with the long scarf. Uh, man, dude, Johnny, that might be my favorite moment in the whole film. Is that dance? You know what I'm talking about, right? When that woman has with Gene Kelly and the woman and she has woman, a, which woman? I don't. It's not Debbie Reynolds. No, no, it's somebody else. No, it's a like when he does that dance against where she has like that massive scarf where the wind is just blowing her scarf forever. That's, that's Debbie Reynolds. They're that's Debbie the, Reynolds. Yeah, you sure two, about that? 
he dances with two women exactly in that movie and it's debbie reynolds and in the dream sequence that that weird dreams i've got an idea for a movie about the hollywood this, yeah and, that and there's lady. this 15 minute weird awesome thing that has nothing to do with singing in the rain yeah like that one like mobster lady yeah oh yeah we saw this we're like what are you laughing at yeah what the Rick fuck Flair. are you watching? Rick Flair. Yeah, no, that's Debbie Reynolds, dude, on the ladder with the big scarves and the way. Really? I didn't know that was Debbie Reynolds in that scene. I thought that was just some other. Have you ever watched Singing in the Rain, Travis? <laughs> no, many times. But... I don't know how you made that mistake. <laughs> oh, they're trying to show this again. I know this was on it. Is... Actually, you know, you can never get too tired of watching. Yeah, this, this is all you NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair was not about to let this unforgivable act go unnoticed nor unpunished. Flair appeared before the board of directors of the NWA and demanded that the Koloffs not be suspended. He then went to the airway. Yeah, I wonder what that meeting was like. The board of directors of the NWA. Hey, here we go. This is what I was talking about. This is what I was talking about. Oh, I'm glad this was on here. Wow. Yeah, at this point, Flair is 100% babyface uh, in Crockett. Who's that? It's David Crockett, the special referee. The stage was set for international... Okay. In the squared circle. This match has a moment that they keep on the videotape. That's one of the great moments of my wrestling viewing history. And one of the funniest things that I've ever seen because I was watching it with my best friends. My, one of my oldest and uh, best friends, Brad, uh, who I spoke to today, coincidentally. <laughs> and... Uh, that made us laugh so hard that we rewound it like over and over. We would just fast forward to this moment and laugh at it. Uh, so get ready. Yeah. Get ready. That sounds like like 100% something Kelly and uh, uh, me and our buddies uh, would have done too. That's so funny, the man. Ric Flair is arriving in a helicopter, man. Yeah. This is amazing. And that's why his uh, his daughter would do that what was that like five oh, years, years ago at, at wrestlemania at that yeah WrestleMania yeah that, that went that was eight hours it was long. pretty rad yeah i mean but that moment was fucking awesome that she pulled that that they pulled that off yeah that's what that that's 2023 what that, yeah yeah that's what that was referencing yeah now when did you first see this when you rented it no i you could uh you could buy it by uh from ads in the back of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. How I, much was it? I don't remember. Uh, it, it, it was it was definitely ridiculous, but it wasn't as bad as what WWF tapes cost at the okay, time. All right. I did a lot of that. Uh, in 86, I bought a, it was a bonus package of uh, the Crockett Cup and something else that uh, was amazing. I bought a uh, Steamboat's Mid-Atlantic Gym uh, satin jacket out of the back of Pro Wrestling Illustrated when I was 15. And then I realized it's kind of weird to walk around wearing a cartoon muscle man on the back of your jacket when you're 15 years old. It was the 80s. 
No, no, I realized real quick that this was going to that, I, that, that this would put a target on me. I'm like, nope. Hey, speaking of uh, Nikita, here is only two, three years in. Wow. He, yeah, yeah, he really doesn't know what he's doing, man. But boy, we were just so into him. Yeah, rocketed to the top of the card. Yeah. Uh, I like Dave Crockett refing yeah. here. How often did he ref a match? This is it, man. Yeah, that's what I figured. In his eyes on shirt. In his yes, eyes on shirt. Yes, it's a green eyes on shirt. Like it's like like he works at his uh, the grounds crew for the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> Soon to be the Las Vegas Athletics. Russian hammer. Yeah, the Russian hammer. That's the uh, the yeah. Russian clothesline. sickles a clothesline. Russian hammer is a clothesline choke. Right. That's illegal. Nikita Kolov slowly picks up Flair right back. Once they get him a bear hug. All of the strength of Nikita Kolov on the small little back of Nature Boy Rick Flair. Fans, watch on as I wonder what ticket prices were for that down in the on the grass there. Mm. Back then, five to fifty dollars. I'll take a I, I yeah. side maybe for this, maybe 50. I was going with 35 dollars. Yeah, yeah, 35 sounds about right. Flair trying to rise up also, but kill out. I bet you there's ten dollar cheap seats, maybe five. Oh, shit, yeah. Flair backing out for the back another one. This was chops. I mean, I think there. I think I saw an ad not that long on Old WDF Magazine. And Brett, you—that was when they were planning on putting it at the LA Coliseum. But the cheapest WrestleMania Seven tickets, I think, were ten bucks. That was a suplex. Wow. Well, what, uh, year, what year is that? Ninety-one. But that's hmm. the event that they—they they sold. That's the event that they planned on having in the one hundred thousand seat building. Couldn't sell the tickets. Moved it to the LA Sports Arena, which seats eighteen thousand, and couldn't sell that out either. Oh, and, cla and claimed it was because of possible terrorism, right? Yeah, hilarious. I'll tell you what. What year little... was it? What mania was that? Seven. Seven. I, I mentioned uh, uh, Robert earlier that I'm going to WrestleMania in Philadelphia because uh, our buddy Danzo uh, is buying the tickets and letting me pay him back in installments. Uh, and they're like, and cheap seats. He's he's like we're, we're getting cheap seats. They're like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, no, it's it's gotten ridiculous. Yeah. Now I've gone to plenty of house shows and even TV tapings here in Colorado for both WWE and AEW. And WWE ones, uh, you want to sit all the way up top, uh, twenty bucks, and the seats are fucking great. You can see everything. They're great, but yeah, you want to sit ringside? 450. Holy shit. Even for a house show. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. Just like they know that there are those enough of those diehards that exist in all these these hick these hick backwards Colorado towns. Uh-huh. Yeah, like of Denver, of Denver <laughs> yes. Colorado. Yeah, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. You know that. Um, 
Well, no, in Vancouver. No, too. It's, why, like, it's why when you watch modern wrestling and you see everyone at ringside and they're all just sitting there and all the noise is coming from up there. It's like people with that much money don't seem to really want to do anything except just sit there and watch it and not like cheer and jump up and down unless right. there's an occasional child there. Yeah. yeah. Thrown down on the ground outside numerous times. Like I'm trying to figure it out. Like where else would he be? Uh, a subway. He's a he's a sub. He's a sandwich artist. David Crockett is a sandwich artist. You guys. Yes, he is. That's what that's what that outfit is. David Crockett looks like a man who was doing really well in some sort of office job, who got let go, and now is a subway sandwich artist. <laughs> yep. But he takes it seriously. What's that? A cold cut combo? You got one. it. You got he's it. He's the best one because all these kids don't know how to a make a yeah. sandwich or work yeah. hard. Tune them out. You want that toasted? <laughs> What's your subway go to? I'm gonna start with Hawkins. Subway go to go. Oh, uh, club. Gotta go to the All American Club. But my go to uh, veggies are always spinach, cucumbers, green peppers, and black olives. I'm a weirdo. Sounds <laughs> awful. Sounds terrible, Johnny. Your subway sandwich. Go. Okay, I I I hate that I have to do it, but on my job driving around sometimes you need to just decide on something. And it's 50-50, baby. It's either a six inch meatball mm -hmm. uh, or a six inch tuna because those gym mats are fucking tasty. <laughs> I love those yoga mats, baby. The, the, a tuna melt the tuna, is my. No, no, like, no if you, like, just get no, it. No, no, no I no will melt. get it. I will get it grilled. I will get it grilled. No, but then I I'll like also it toast yeah. it. I don't want it toasted. I don't want it hot all right, at all. I want all it right. cold, cold, cold. And the That's tuna, my daughter, too. She loves the, the tuna from yeah, the tuna. Uh, I'll get if they have Swiss, and not all have Swiss. I'll get right. Swiss on the tuna. This is for the Patreon. You only get this stuff, baby. This is what you're paying for. Yeah. Well, I know within weeks I'm going to go to Subway and see the Johnny's Hedgepath is the newest big sub. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> Give me a Hedgepath. Give me a Sorrow. Um, <laughs> but I also, I read it like that. Subway's got a good pizza sub, too, if you want to, if you want something a little different. But I yeah. can't even make a cheesesteak. Fuck that. No, 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 no. Okay, pretty soon. And this is, I mean, even clip, this is a good man. Ric Flair is so good at this point. Mm -hmm. He is carrying a young green Nikita Koloff who's never probably never been in a match this long that wasn't a tag team match. But that time he tried for a quick pitch. And it's the main, it's one of the double main event. Dusty has to be in the main event, baby. Excuse it because it's a cage match. You got to put the cage match on last. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't put the cool cut combo in the fucking main event, baby. Are you kidding well, me? The funny thing about this. So, again, you know, we said the Santana Valentine match in um, Baltimore is the exact same night. The second match from, or the, the match right before that was Hogan Piper for the world title. And the argument was Santana Valentine's got to go on last because it's the cage. So both well, that's actually titles are being defended second to last or next to last from the card yeah. in the same day with the same reasoning as to why they're not and, last. And, and 
And all joking aside, that's what you have. If you're going to, in this era, if you're going to do a cage match, it had to be on last because I used to go to a lot of shows this time. And if there was a cage match, you suddenly had a second intermission while people put up the fucking cage. It took a while. And as in some cases, I don't know if they just had union guys and not their guys. And like, why is this taking five minutes to put up? Uh, that was bad. David took a bit of a bump. Here we go. Here we go. I'll save you. I'll save you, Rick. Who is that? Oh, no. You, Rick. oh, no. Is that a random fan out of the yep. crowd? Wow. I'll say there's the cops. And like cops, like, look at, what yeah. the fuck? Oh my God, man. Go blue, sorry. Go blue. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, climbing it. Each time they're going to climb into the apron. <laughs> okay, that's the moment that me and Brad rewound. Um, hilarious. A times. That's fucking hilarious. Some okay. random dude. I love no, it, man. Brad, Brad, Brad was what the, what the first time we watched that. It was the, like one of the first Mystery Titans Theater moments of my life. We're watching this. That guy tackles uh, Nikita, and Brad screams from my couch, I'll save you, Rick. And it made us die. <laughs> we died. And that we just, it became something. That's we amazing. That up for, amazing. We that up since. <laughs> Incredible. That's the shit I live for, man. Especially at this at this stage in the game. At, like you didn't see it often in the 80s. Uh -huh. Oh. Here we go. Oh. He gave the yeah, three count. It was a good match, but after the I'll save you. No, no, no. It felt epic throughout. Like, like you could get, like, whenever you were seeing those close ups oh, uh, of, of Rick. Yeah. All right. I asked for no pickles, motherfucker. Yeah. Hey. Oh, by the way, to all the listeners who maybe. Um, Think, you know, those Chick fil A does make a good chicken sandwich, but I don't I want to give those evil motherfuckers my money. Here's yeah. something I figured out real quick if you go to either, I don't know, McDonald's, Burger King, or Wendy's, especially Wendy's, and just order the, the chicken with nothing on it except for pickles, it's just as good or, or better than Chick fil A. So, interesting, yeah. Oh, I'm a big Wendy's guy. The Wendy's one is my favorite of that uh, yeah. mixture. Shout out to Wendy's Twitter, who has been like a long uh, wrestling fan for a while. <laughs> oh, look there. So we got people coming in to help Flair. Who who were those guys? Do you know uh, them? Just jobbers. Yeah. Well, the more Russians. fans. They're more fans. More the Russians. Fans <laughs> yes, yes. But but the but the two security guards they hired. Like, oh, don't worry, you got this guy. You won't have any more problems. Have you seen all these fucking rednecks, pal? I'm just... You know. I don't care. We got our guy. Uh -huh. We're going to book this motherfucker. Look, Chief is going to be so happy. Look, I'm here to do one thing and one thing only, and it's protect Bill Apted. <laughs> these motherfucking rednecks can go fuck themselves. Guess who I hired? Bill Apted has made a big deal in the... Uh, my personal security guard. Personal security. <laughs> to protect you from my drunken. They're standing. There's okay. Okay. Those two cops are standing right off screen. 
<laughs> at, in that studio with Bill After. At all times. Yeah. Yep. It's like, all right. So here we go. Wow. Baby doll. And baby doll looks is... so cool. God damn. Yeah. And this footage is fucking kick ass. This is stuff. Yeah, man. Like that. Everyone's trying to like kind of recreate in different ways. Even now. Here's the, the fun thing about baby doll is because the name baby doll just sounds so misogynistic and awful. But the fact that she's giant and cool and can and can fight guys that makes it work. You know, it's like, oh, that's yeah. a great name for her. The American dream. Here now is here we go. Oh, Blanchard on the mat and goes over after Abdullah the Butcher. Why, and here you see what looks like <laughs> that's what we saw earlier. So this earlier. This Again, baby, do ba baby doll looking fine and different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those jeans for sure. Like you can tell, it's a lady. Well, no, it says what kind, what lady is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a blast of fire, right? Like I wasn't just some random weirdo coming in to save rick flair she was banned from ringside and she snuck in right. with, oh she does it later i won't give it away she she sneaks in uh in a disguise in something we'll see in a few months uh travis that's the greatest she's she's not only sexy she's, she's also a master of disguise um yeah as i said i used to i used to rock like this is like early aughts i would wear a, a blazer over a t-shirt with jeans but sometimes i'd wear it over like a hockey jersey it was just like the kind of the strokes slash uh tom york i would wear like occasionally i'd wear a uh, wristband at the same time too i was a pretty cool dude in the early aughts you guys uh -huh. Uh -huh. yeah it sounds like it this is a baby doll sure sounds like it here was the ultimate poker game. Ooh. Blanchard, the dealer. Dusty Rhodes, the riverboat gambler. Playing for the gold and the girl inside a steel cage. Awesome. Oh, what a quote. Like a, what a quote. Yeah. He's like trying, he's going like as much as Conk or Cronkite with it as he can, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's what again, people. That's what people should be working towards now. Like, yeah, uh, big companies should be working towards making this feel like it's. Yeah, how you know? I mean, the overproduction of WWE can suck, but well, at least when Pat McAfee's there, you're like, I don't know what's gonna go on, and that it's mm -hmm. it's awesome. It's Pat McAfee and Cole. No one's make it. It's it's fantastic. Because it's totally no one's in anyone's ears, and it's great, um, and they make it feel real. Yeah, uh, but WWE over is still it's not as overproduced as it was when Vince was in everyone's ear, but it's, it's still there. Yeah, hey, no, I saw a clip from a recent NXT show where it just showed like the, the that trademark camera shake and. Oh, no, I'm just talking about just cuts. the announcing. I, I'm you just, know it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. About just the announcing. Yeah. And, and over on over on AW, you have Dynamite, where they're like, "Well, I love these guys just fucking around for two hours." Like, you know what? I don't like them fucking around for two hours. I want some professionalism. And on Collision, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. Especially, I like Nigel, but Ian Riccoboni with. Uh, I'm sorry, I liked um. What's his name? The was it Kevin Kelly? Kevin Kelly. I thought at Kevin the beginning, yeah, I thought uh, so too. But, but Ian Riccoboni with Nigel is magic, and I was like, that's, that's cool. what I'm talking about. That's what I like. 
Yeah, I I do like the presentation a lot. I like how much they go for that that opening like uh, Saturday night's main event with yeah, like everybody yeah, giving a quick little thing. Man, it's a they used team to effort, it's a team that used to get me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they used to get me so excited as a kid. Those opening promos uh, for Saturday night's main event. Yeah. They, like some people, like, night too. It's, it's, yeah, and people were trying to get them to do. Um, uh, or trying to get uh, imagine Ooh. if they would have got obsession after that, it would have been pretty great too. Yeah. For, instead of uh, you could get that cocaine freak to fucking how much yeah. does that cost? <laughs> He'll spend money on anything, get that, yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, I, I like people who spend money on music on for, shit for that, that I like, yeah, me too, yeah, that's why I wanted to no. do it. But if it like it just like it's just money thrown at artists. Who have had varying get, degrees, right, like get, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, okay. What do you think? The, whoever the people, the guys in Europe must have been just like, wait, what? I know. What? What you want to give us? Uh, okay, it's okay. <laughs> They've never mm, even heard of pro wrestling. <laughs> no, uh, like uh, I know the final countdown is notoriously like uber expensive because uh, they got it on. Metal Gear Solid 5, and it's awesome. You can play it all the time. But that, like, blew up the budget for that game to the point where uh, the uh, company, Konami, and the producer split up. It was, that wasn't the so, only so, reason, but that was so part did of it. Europe, so did Europe realize that their terrible fucking song would lend itself really awesomely to video games and pro wrestling? Sure. 20 years later and that's why like you gotta give us the money money baby but also i think they figured out that people will give them that money um hey, uh, over time hey, yes that's what i mean right that's what i mean I'm, I'm totally good for them man yeah i mean it's a terrible song but it works in those contexts <laughs> no it's it's, it's not good <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of the show <laughs> Both men moving very, very slow at this point. Now, how long? Okay, I'm trying to think lineage here. So this is for Baby Doll and the TV title, right? Yes, uh, Baby Doll for 30 days. Okay. Which leads to one of uh, one of the great uh, vignettes that we'll be seeing uh, real soon. Uh, and, and again, the uh, being disguised and leading into the Magnum Tully feud. That goes on for a long, all the way to the greatest match of all time. Tully Blanchard, Magnum TA, I quit in the steel cage at Starcade 85. Oof. Is that how far you guys are going to go? Are you going to finish 85? Yeah, that's all there is. That's all there is. not out there. No, that's all there is. And I propose, since we can't do Starcade, obviously, we do uh, Patreon only. Audio only watch along of Starcade 85 because that's where all of this is leading and where it ends. Right. I did actually the last uh right before you guys started your project and I saw all of worldwide had gone up. I decided to do uh September, October, November, and Starcade. And it's it's good. It's a good one. It's a good you know, it's a good progression. Oh, he's got the loaded elbow pad, but Ooh. Doesn't matter. Remember, okay, remember, Dusty Rhodes, pile driver. 
Yeah, because remember he did it to Sam Houston? Yeah. Remember he did it to Sam Houston, Travis? Right. The pile driver was illegal all the way up until the end of this match because it's a wow. steel cage match. Awesome. Yeah. That place went nuts for that finish. Baby doll and now is a mess. And now she's Dusty Rhodes' sex slave. Oh. As it should be. As 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 justice has been prevailed. No, for anyone who's wondering, he basically puts her to work on a farm shoveling horse shit. And, well, it's uh, and it's a take on Jim, on Jimmy Garvin and Precious. It's, it's a it, okay. It's a take on Jimmy Garvin and Precious. If at the end Precious gets Precious wins, but not Precious okay. Sunshine, I should say, or well, whoever, whoever, because Baby Doll wins yes. at the end of this vignette. It's great. He, he does. Known as the King of Sports. For Pro Wrestling Illustrated, this is Bill After, and for the NWA, All right. Gordon Solis and so we say goodbye. We'll see you at the matches. Yeah. We'll at the matches. Had, they had, okay, they, they had a lot of like weird repartee and like one-liners that didn't quite work in Lords of the Ring, and nothing in this one. Right, because they didn't need it, because they were just filling it, like they were providing context throughout uh, Lords right. of the Ring, and this is just one event that didn't need it as much. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really cool, man. Holy shit. Oh, here he is. Right hand from the ball. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, they really picked the best in this post. Yeah, in are. this. Oh. This is worth pay- this is worth the Patreon money, the the, the uh credit sequence. We should we should only we, we should make a new tier uh, only seven dollar <laughs> yeah, yeah. a month. Just get get the, get, you get can get the, the, the credits. <laughs> An extra uh, ten cents a month. Uh, that was so cool. Uh, uh, thank you, Robert. Thank you for joining us, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, I got to wrap things up here with Johnny here. Uh, so I'm gonna kick your ass off. Uh, he's got notes. I love it. Uh, oh, no, I just wrote down three songs. That's... <laughs> All right. Take care, Robert. Man. Uh, hey, Robert, man, hi. great seeing you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for finding Always us. Man. A pleasure. I love how this worked out. Oh, okay. man. I wish Kelly was still here for this. Yeah. Like, well, like, Kelly, Kelly did give, like, okay. He so gave we, you the list? His yeah, list? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, um, so we, we're, we're wrapping up uh, uh, Great American Bash. That was the best, the fucking best. I knew it would be. But, as? And again, you, you just like Lords of the Ring. I was 15 years old again watching mm-hmm. that. I haven't watched that entire tape mm-hmm. since I was probably 15, 16 mm-hmm. years old. That's so cool, that man. Amazing. Yeah, the best. Um, but uh, as is the custom for mm-hmm. season three of uh, Yours, Mind the Truth, as we're kind of wrapping things up, Extreme has a new album out and they've started touring and they've started playing some of these songs they've had two shows now it's interesting to see what they're playing um i'm gonna ask uh our guest uh, i know kelly kelly uh had technical issues but he's left me with uh his top three of uh from six before i uh, so uh why don't we start up. with kelly's why don't, why don't yeah, we start with yeah kelly's? yeah uh bench uh number okay i'll go three to one so for number three he went with rise which, uh, you know, uh, as I said, is not, uh, I said, my thing is not like they're open. There was all right. All right. Single. I must interrupt. My number yep. three, my number three, Rise. All right. Cool. Like to me, like the more I've listened to this, this is like a, like a Foo Fighters song and stuff, right? Like that's who they're trying to kind of align themselves with here. Right. Yeah. But they're like a couple right. years yeah. older. You know what I mean? 
I'll give um, you my I'll give you my take. Uh, um, that's what he and number two, he said Hurricane, which was my favorite song in the album. I love as I've said before, I love their my favorite part of this album, which like, look, uh, I don't know if you've listened to any of my uh, episodes. Have you listened to any of the the recent episodes? Have you heard my thoughts on this album, Johnny? Oh, uh, no, I haven't had a chance nope. to listen to the recent ones. Uh, no. OK, so I'll tell you right now. Um, I. They put these first four out, first four songs out. Why are uh, why, why is everything in capital letters? That that I think it's I think it's just like they want to show that they they give a shit. Like uh, I don't <laughs> hate that. Or no, no, like whatever. Like I don't I don't hate that. Like that's too whatever. I, do. I don't like it. Yeah, whatever. Like that's that's their own shit that they're working through, man. You've got you've got your young buck shit you got to work through. These guys have got their capital letters they, shit they got to work. Their capital letters shit to work through. Well, I, whatever. I, I, they're okay. in their sixties. I don't hate that. Um, um, for me, I wasn't mad about the first four tracks that they put out, which are the first four songs in the album. But um, uh, yeah, uh, among them was Rise. Uh, and like I said, I love the uh, uh, the. The, 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 the solo and I love that they were just kind of like saying hey we can kind of fit in with these other bands that that I that I'm not a fan of right now like the like if if I were to hear that opening riff of rise at the beginning uh on the radio I probably would would change the the station but um uh like I to me it showed that they're like that's them staking a claim that we kind of can kind of fit in with these kind of types of bands that are like 10 years older than us right like 15 or pardon me 10 years younger than us like 10 or 15 years younger than us and you know that's fine whatever but hurricane i really liked uh like i also uh, uh i think this is like that was my favorite album or favorite song on the album and this was uh kelly's uh number two i like my favorite thing about this album what stood out to me especially as they get as they get older is their harmonies. I think their harmonies are like kind of my favorite thing about this band. Um, the way they kind of sound together. Uh, and number one for uh Kelly was Banshee, which is like kind of their, as I said, was their kind of the the most they sounded like their first early 80s album, their first album where they were trying to sound like Van Halen. I think it's a it's a David Lee Roth song with a with a Sammy Hagar kind of uh vocals. And which is like kind of their bread and butter. So I like it as too. Like they've been playing, uh, they've been playing Rise and Banshee a lot on these first two shows or these first couple shows. So I know I'll probably see those two. I, I really want to see Hurricane because, like I said, I love their uh, harmonies. That's the kind of thing that, uh, as I uh, as an older dude, this is not the type of music I would normally seek out. But this is the band that I loved when I was a kid, and um, I'm excited to see them again. And I'm curious to see what you think, what you think of your number three. So you said number three rise was. Uh... All right. All right. All right. So. I guess we need to start wrapping things up here because it shouldn't take too long. Yeah. Okay. My number two Banshee. Mm-hmm. Hey, there we go. Okay. My number one. And believe me, believe me, I, 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 this is an actual ranking. These are like, these are the three that I, let me put it this way i didn't listen to this entire album or any song i listened to enough to see which ones i liked the best 
mm-hmm. out of an album that I did not like. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's, I can't imagine. I can't imagine most people, most uh, of my friends and peers, being into something like this. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. But I'm like, okay, so, so it's, for me, it's a lot. It's a lot of okay. What works as either wrestling music, mm-hmm. entrance music, or yes. would have worked when I was DJing at the strip club. That's what you did that's, last time too. That's, like, what, yeah, that's yeah. how I handle music that I think. I, I, okay, I'm gonna be it's your childhood. I I don't care for it. All right, but what's my, your number? I, the I, other I, one? I I thought thicker than blood sounded yeah. okay. That was my favorite of the of the of the okay. rockers. That's my favorite of the rockers. Yeah, I like that one. I yeah, thought, I, I, I like I, I didn't like that one. I th- those are the three that like, right. I, well, I any of the ballads it. any of the ballads. 30 seconds i was oh really so out uh no give hurricane another give give hurricane another nope. shot yeah no there's oh, something there was there. One, there was one that okay oh my god i'd, I'd bring it up but there was Go one ahead. that the, was it your country pretty or what the fuck was that one the the uh small town beautiful small yeah. town beautiful i'm like Ugh. Uh, whatever <laughs> And no, I think that's fine in terms of like the for what they were aiming for in terms of like we want to do this old yeah. school kind of uh 80s power ballad that's as great as as anybody could have done. Like here's a point that uh Mr. McCoy made when we watch us our buddy your yeah, your fellow Star Trek fan. And um, a suggestion uh, uh we're on the show and for maybe the next season mm-hmm. of Yours Mine and the Truth I'd love for the three of us to do something star trek because yeah. i want that i think i think okay i want to talk you right to now Basically, i don't i, yeah, I mean you can talk to ted i don't care enough to talk about star trek i'll never you uh, like can host the show no, no. i don't we care enough to, i don't will... care enough to listen to two people talk about star trek but here's what i'm saying here's what i want to say uh ted was say like like look like there are a lot of bands who had their fucking heyday back in, in similar ways that that extreme did uh who will still kind of put out albums now right like uh guns and roses or whatever like they're gonna put out like eventually the, the uh, yeah no no all of these bands do like fucking winger just put out an album called you know what it's called are you it's serious called, it's called seven <laughs> you know so oh, all so, of these things are, so uh, she's only seven no no but you know what i'm well, <laughs> The point that Steve, uh, or that Ted made about Kip the song Winger, Hurricane. Kip Winger, Kip Winger needs to be on a watch list because <laughs> at first he was raping 17-year-olds and now it's seven? But anyways, e- each one, like like uh, Ted made the observation, and this is like what I, I really agree with, is like every one of these bands is going to put out a song like Hurricane on this album where they do something slow and and folky and just kind of them just kind of broken down and it's not going to be as good as hurricane that's the thing that i'm saying like um for somebody who's at this stage like dude there's some stuff they do with their harmonies i i I seriously like that like i don't care honestly johnny i don't care if you don't like that song that song moved me like insanely that's the kind of shit that i was like 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 hoping for you know like travis if my opinion 
Yes. Had any input on whether yes. or not you yes. like the song? Yes. I would tell you to check into a fucking mental. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fine. Uh, it's, all, but that's it's fine. It's fine. Yes. Yes. And that's why I ask these questions. And that's why I I I, I appreciate these uh, kind of late night conversations, dude. I love that it ended up just me and you. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> rad. Um. Uh. Thanks, dude. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. Uh, we will see you so much fun so much fun and yeah. uh and uh patreon patreon subscribers and fans of the show um do do us a favor spread the word tell mm-hmm. people about it if you're liking it tell people about the show yeah and uh and mystery the, like yeah mystery titan theater has been like i said it was uh one of those things when we were um you know, COVID hit and I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do? And then I saw your, like you mentioned it, um, uh, just kind of throwing the, the, the shout out. Hey, I want to do a podcast. And I found you or you found me or whatever. We found each other. We found and, each other. Pal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you uh, agreed, you agreed to do five seasons of a podcast of a show that you grew to not like yeah. to bring back Mystery Titans Theater yeah. originally. And the, I appreciate it. But that was part of the 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 kind of like how like part of the deal, right? Is like we were yeah, like, okay, that as was, long as we do this, original, like I was like, hey, we do? And, and, and in all honesty, man, and to all the listeners, Mystery Titans Theater, which by the way, I fucking hate the name. I've always hated I know, the I name. Know. We're stuck with it, though. Like that no, was before any we're of us were coming. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the, the, the story is uh, Kelly and, and Parv came up with that. And I went, isn't that a little on the fucking nose? Yep, Can't we come yep. up with something? And they were like, well, can you come up with anything better? And I, I was like, I don't have time for that. That's your yeah, fucking yeah. job. And you had bugs to you had bugs to exterminate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Dude, uh, but it's something I look forward to, uh, all the time. We've made the in this new incarnation of the show, we have made so many friends, Mm -hmm. given some people a chance to be on any sort of a broadcast who've never done it before. Uh, some of the funniest people that I've met lately have been on the show old friends new friends it's something i look forward to every two weeks it's a super blast and like i've said and we've said over and over you don't have to even like you could hate pro wrestling mm-hmm. and watch this show and i think you'd have a great time yeah that's true and we hope to see you at, at one of those shows us, then then you'll yes. pay travis five american dollars yeah oh man i'm just i like uh, yeah i I, like seriously i don't want to joke about that everybody who's 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 like has given us any sort of anything for what we do is is the fucking coolest because this has been uh such a joy to become uh to get to know you johnny and uh to become a better friend with you over the last uh couple years and to to, and i once again thank you again for opening our eyes to to this uh uh, i can't wait to see where we go from here um uh ideas yeah sounds great uh yeah but uh yeah so we'll do this again uh soon thanks everybody
the best. It's the best to to hang out with those guys. It's it's the best that uh, it ended up as I as I mentioned there on the uh, close to the end that it ends up with just me and Johnny, my old podcast partner. Uh, for uh, yeah, that's, that was a super great time. Um, gosh, I'm learning. Extreme means a lot to some people, but not to everybody. It's so weird. Niche audiences, man. I'll just blow your mind. I, I mean that because like I, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm part of a lot of like discords, or there is a new extreme discord, and there's a you know there's there's all the usual things like Reddit groups and and you know whatever, right? That you just different forums that you exchange these discussions and opinions with and. Um, you know, there's people who are very passionate about this bad and love this bad very much, and it means something to them. And, and look, and I'm not going to pretend that it's that they're that they're for everyone. And uh, but I'm learning. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of my close closer circle that that uh, aren't that aren't that big on uh, the lads from Bean Town. But but you know what? Fuck them. All right, I'll say that again. Fuck them. From the bottom of my heart. I love them. Uh, I love the band and I love my friends. Uh, so, yeah, another great one. Um, uh, here's what I want to wrap up. So, I, I will include in the uh, in the chat a link to the Patreon if you want to see the video for this episode. Uh, as well, go to uh, to follow Mystery Titans Theater that I do, uh, that that's, as I say, bi-weekly. Or is it semi-monthly? I can't remember. Bi-weekly. Every two weeks, we try to do uh, a live uh, wrestling watch-along on twitch.tv slash Jarvis Washing Machine. You can join us in the chat um, uh, and watch with us. Or uh, we put the show or the episodes up on YouTube uh, shortly after, um, with the exception of this one. Like I said, this is going to be a Patreon exclusive. So um, uh, go to uh, youtube.com slash C slash Jarvis Washing Machine to follow as well at, at the other place. Uh, you can see us on twitter uh, at lucha underscore after grnd lucha after grund but don't forget the underscore in between lucha and after um i, I do want to say for those live uh, mystery titans theaters uh, here's our update uh, next schedule for the next little while august 18th which is a friday show we are joined by the great jenny smith from the Jenny Position and the North South Connection uh, podcast family, she's awesome. I got to meet her in Texas a while back. Uh, shortly, after, and then an eight day turnaround on that. We're joined by the amazing Boogie Knight, uh, local wrestler and uh, 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 Boom Pro Wrestling uh, referee. He's uh, and, a, and just a great guy and, and knows a lot about wrestling and and is a is a big fan. So that'll be a great time. And then uh, uh, two of our favorites in September on the ninth and the twenty third. The ninth is. Uh, the Frightful Four, which is with uh, my um, college uh, buddy and uh, YMTE former guest. There we go. Uh, James Hamilton. Uh, that makes up the Frightful Four. That's with uh, Kelly, Johnny, myself, and him. And then the 23rd, we are joined by uh, our buddy uh, Sean Whitaker to make up the Outlaws. So, so that's a, some of the MTT favorites. So uh, try to make out, out for one of these. If you haven't seen him, just stop by and say, hey, say hi. Um, and, and if you, and if you're interested, we could make you a guest. Like if it sounds like something fun, uh, cause like we just keep reaching out and having a lot of fun. And like I said, it is a warm and cozy thing to hang out with my buddies and talk about wrestling and to talk about, you know, stuff that, that makes us happy and, and that, you know, can have differing opinions, but doesn't ruin in, ruin your day by the, by the end time when you're done talking about your differing opinion or your approach to it or 
or how you, you, you're still trying to figure out your approach to it. And, um, you know, you appreciate everyone's patience while you're trying to figure this approach out. Um, anyways, like I said, so a weird, uh, weird time uh, in my life, but, uh, I, I really wanted to get this done before uh, I go off on a camping trip with my family. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, next show before the live one. I really want to squeeze in that uh, uh, the return of staff picks on Yours, Mine, the Truth with me and my two former Blockbuster uh, fellow Blockbuster employees, Scott McLeod and uh, uh, YMT fave Brad McNeil. Uh, we're going to talk about the Nice Guys uh, film with uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Um, and we have ideas for how we're going to do that, but I want to fit that in before I do the, uh, yeah, the, the wrap up for season three, which is, uh, the extreme live show in Seattle, August 29th, freaking out. Oh, that's the last thing I want to say. I want to, uh, don't, I don't want to forget. I tweeted that, uh, for that extreme show, I, I, that it is my dream or like I have like, I'm starting to start a grassroots campaign. That's, I don't know if it's going anywhere. I don't think it is, but I tagged the band so that they, somebody's got to know that I want them to open that show. Cause our show is the last show on, uh, the, on the American leg of the tour in Seattle. And, um, you know, uh, anyways, I would love for them to open with, all right. I know this is bold, but I want them to open with ain't talking about love by Van Halen. Right, and you might think, uh, well, nice, nice pipe dream, but look, since uh, there's been five, I tweeted about this five days ago, and since then, in the set lists, Nuno Betancourt, the guitarist for Extreme, has teased no less than three Van Halen songs. So, ah, uh, they hadn't been doing their little covers before then, or teasing covers, or playing a little bit of uh, songs. I'm just saying, it's out there. They they've covered uh, they cover uh, a little bit of Queen during uh, every show so far it looks like as well so it's not out of the ordinary for them to throw in a cover and i'd love to see it anyways um yeah so that's an exciting thing in my life as well uh all right uh i gotta go this has been a long one obviously uh thanks for listening thanks for sticking with me and us and everybody here uh i love you guys uh i hope you have a great uh rest of the summer we'll see you next time on yours find the truth bye